Top news headlines of the day from CMR. Let's get our headlines on this Monday morning from Sandy. What's up, Sandy? Hey, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? All right. Fantastic. Hope you had a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah. There was an accident uh, overnight uh, at Jake Scott Intersection. Yes. We're monitoring the situation. Um, Vehicle overturned. Police are still on the scene, which is normally not a good sign. Mm. Uh, that normally indicates some sort of a fatality, but we've not received confirmation of that as yet. But yes, um, it does seem like it's a very, very serious accident. We actually got word of, of it um, after one o'clock in the morning. Mm. So it seems like it happened um, quite early. So as soon as we was get some further car? details. Single um, you know, the picture that I was sent, I only see one vehicle. Yeah. It was pretty dark still. So it's a little bit challenging to really make that out. But I do only see one vehicle. So. My not sure uh, what they would have hit and turned over like that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody had mentioned that they were in the area last night and thought it would it would also involved a motorcycle. So I don't know if that's there's any truth to that or not. We'll find out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely flush out um, more of the details as they become available. But uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. All right. Um, we found out on Friday that McKeever Bush um, disgraced, uh, you know, former Speaker of the House, former um, Premier of this country, facing multiple charges in court these days, including uh, one for rape, has turned in his Order of the British Empire, his OBE. Um, it's quite interesting that he has turned this in. He says he found himself conflicted about retaining an award that doesn't promote K-Man excellence but rather one that many people believe celebrated imperialism. Well, we don't think that that's the real reason at all. <laughs> we think the real reason he turned it in is probably going to be taken from him because ah. we do know that uh, the UK was having a look at um, doing exactly that. Mm. They can so, ask for it back. Yep, pretty much. They so were like, strip him more, of it. Yeah, more so of a, I'm going to break up with you first kind of yes, thing. Yes, he made mm. a preemptive strike and handed it back and then tried to Mm. You know, fabricate the story about why he handed it back, but we're not being fooled by any of it. Um, so, and I think he did the right thing for once. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but anyway, um, yes, he did this long social media post about why he gave it up and blah, blah, blah. Like I said, we're not really buying it, but good that he gave it back. All right. So Caymanian Charlene uh, Hendriquez has been, um, has had an honorary degree conferred on her so congratulations, the Northern Caribbean University conferred the honorary uh, Doctor of Science degree on Cayman and Charlene Henriquez, who graduated among the first batch of NCU degreed nurses back in 1974. Um, they say that they're awarding it as part of the institution's historic 100th commencement exercise that took place on uh, last Sunday which would be yesterday, <laughs> August the 13th. Um, she's, uh, you know, well-respected in the community. She retired of the chief, as the chief executive officer of the Cayman Islands um, Health Services Authority back in 2008. And um, lots of accolades and influence a lot of people who are in the nursing and medical professionals. So congratulations to her. The 2023 Making Waves Awards, uh, awardees, were announced recently, a slew of young people uh, doing well. There are nine award categories, including arts and culture, STEM, environment and sustainability, sports, finance, and so on. Uh, big congratulations to people like filmmaker, um, do, 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 help me out here. Filmmaker, 
Caymanian filmmaker Frankie Frank E. Flowers. There you go. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I thought, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. And, and others. Um, congratulations to all of them um, who've done an amazing job. Kamala uh, Morgarusi Mor- received um, an award as well. Uh, she's a legal and professional. She got the legal and professional services award as part of the Maples Group Financial. So congratulations to all of them. Well, you said, you said young committee. Well, I was like, Frankie's not young. <laughs> Sorry, Frankie. <laughs> youngish, <Aww>. youngish. <laughs> um, so a little bit of uh, court news before we wrap things up. Yeah. A man received five years in prison for viciously, viciously uh, chomping up his own nephew. Oh, that's wow. so crazy. Yeah, Elado Brown, 54 years old, um, chopped his nephew multiple times during a dispute in West Bay. He was sentenced to only five years, to be honest, which is kind of shocking, for wounding with intent. Mm. Um, He has more than, are you sitting down, guys? Listen to this. Where are, yeah. He has more than 100 previous convictions. So how do you only get five years after that? Exactly. (laughs) That would be the million dollar question. Only God knows. Um, but yes, uh, more than 100 previous convictions, including wounding and threatening violence. And uh, Justice Cheryl Richards only gave him five years. See, that um, should be your lead story. So I'm going to help you out here. I'm just going oh. to stories. That should be like your, 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 your that, that particular one. Well, they say if it bleeds, it leads. That oh. kind of thing. <laughs> Wait, and, then, and then you finish your, that's been a longstanding uh, news. Well, there news was slogan. a car wreck. There was Fingers a car That is true. Fingers crossed. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, yeah, yeah. the newscast with the kicker, a feel-good story, and that would mm-hmm. be the one of the making waves. See, that's, that's yeah. How, are you are you producing? That's how the that's how the flow. So we Blake's go, trying to produce. So we right go now. out on a happy note. Oh man, it's crazy. <laughs> well, listen, you you guys. I know you you guys won't be able to tune in live, but you will want to tune in later on because. Exactly. Um, We've got a couple, we've got a hard hitting show this morning. We're going to be talking to a domestic violence uh, survivor whose husband works and lives in the Cayman Islands at um, a professional company. So that's going to be interesting. And um, we're also going to be taking a much deeper look at Palm Heights and the numerous complaints that are going on there because their staff were striking on Friday. I did see something about that. Yeah, they like walked Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, right. Now where all the uh, to, uh, the uh, celebrities stay when they usually yes yeah yeah them. they're more they're more concerned about you know impressing celebrities and actually paying their staff apparently. Huh. Tune in. White White Yardy staying there. I don't think he is. Yeah, no, I don't think he is. All, all right, John right. well, See you tomorrow. All right. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. How are you guys doing? We're gonna get started here in just a second. About forty seconds, in fact. Let me just grab all of my links for my social media folks. And then we're going to hit this, hit the road running this morning. We have a lot to talk about. Okay, hold on one second. There's the YouTube link. Happy Monday. YouTube, Facebook. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs.
Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is My apologies, Chuck. Oh, gosh, Chuck, I thought I was ready and forgot to hit that button. We're, we're good. <laughs> Let's play the intro again. <laughs> okay. Bigger. Bigger. Better. Better. Bolder. Bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live Direct. It's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345 936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626. All right, beautiful people, round two. Let's get this show on this beautiful Monday morning. Happy Monday to everyone. Hope that you guys are having a fantastic day. We ready. Just forgot to press that little button earlier. <laughs> we are ready to rock and roll. Happy Monday, August the 14th, four, four days until Friday, which is my birthday. 
Um, it's a big one this year, but crazy enough, um, nothing really planned. I, I, in my head leading up to it, you know, I had some big plans and then I don't know what happened. It just kind of fizzled out and, you know, it's just another day in paradise and trying to keep it together. That's what uh, we just keep moving. So um, before we get into some of our serious topics, I want to check in and everyone make sure that you guys are okay. I had a fairly decent weekend, um, did some of my health checks. I know I told you guys I was going to be doing that. Uh, some of them require some follow-ups. This is why folks, you got to make it a priority. I'll tell you guys about it another day, but you really have to make it a priority to um, have things checked out. You know, don't take anything for granted, especially when it comes to your health. So yesterday morning, I went and played a little bit of pickleball. Oh, geez, I'm peace. Who told me to do that and forgot all about my bum knee, that left knee? It's been feeling pretty good lately. So, of course, I forgot all about it. And then within a couple hours of playing pickleball, whoo, honey, chill. Ugh, that knee was feeling like I'm about 80 years old. It was like swollen and painful. So I had to put an ice pack on it a couple times. Um, I actually fell asleep last night with an ice pack on my knee. That's how bad it was. Oh my God. So just reminding us that we're no longer, you know, 21 um, or even 31. <laughs> we're getting up there and we have to be uh, ever so grateful folks for the good health that we do have and to try to make it uh, better if we can. Keep moving, keep exercising. Of course, that's very, very important. But at the same time, you know, you, you you got some limitations now, honey, Chia. Not what it used to be. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a hot mess. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I'm trying to like, I've got my chair just in case I need it today. And I'm also trying to bend it and kind of keep it moving. The, the worst thing to do is to have it, you know, seize up on you because then, you got a you got a real problem, so um, yeah. So we're doing all those fun things, but we're not going to let it stop us. I'm going to keep moving as much as possible. So how was your weekend, everyone? Did you guys have a good weekend? I hope you did. Um, lots been going on around here. Been looking at a few stories for all of you, and of course, we've got a few this morning that are going to be a bit of a hard hitting conversation. But before we get there, good morning to Miss Vernita. Uh, good morning to Morna. How are you? Steven Nicholson is here joining us in the UK. How's life in the UK? Is that your little dog in the UK? So cute. Uh, Miss Juanita Ebanks is in the house with a little baby for her profile photo. So cute. Miss Ivis here wishing everyone a blessed day. She says to her lovely classmates and hope everyone has a great, had a great weekend. Miss Olivia Leroy. Um, good morning to Miss Olive. Robert is in the house. Marshall is here. Patricia Blake joining us. Uh, saying good morning, K-Man and the rest of the world. Irvlin is here. Wee Wee joining front row and center. Look at the beautiful Daisy. Hello, Miss Daisy. Uh, morning. I don't know who this is with the Japanese looking writing, but good morning to you. Dean, how are you? Diamond Princess. Marco, good morning, Marco. How you doing, honey chill? Alejandro is here. Miss Barbara is here. And another Barbara is here. We've got Barbara G and Barbara Barnett uh, both joining us. Both beautiful. Thank you. Alejandro says, try not bend any chairs on anyone this week. Oh, Lord. 
I'll tell you. Miss Bonnie, good morning to you. Joining us from East End. Everton, good morning, my darling. And Leroy, also here. I guess you guys know the joke now about these uh, throwing chairs and stuff after that fiasco in the U.S. Um, was it not this weekend, but the weekend before? We never really got to talk much about it, but it was crazy. A big brawl, a big fight um, ensued. And apparently we had a brawl of our own um, over the weekend. I need, um, is Kevin around? I need Kevin to double check something for me. Um, one quick sub, second here. Um, let me see here. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just get, uh, I'm going to get uh, Kevin to just check in one little thing here for me. So, yeah, so there's been a, a lot going on. Let me just see here. Now I'm going to send it to you directly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, honey chill. Yes. So let me tell you what we've got uh, lined up for you today. So we're going to be talking about Tilly's. Ugh. They're the gift that keeps on giving, honey child. They are something else over there. Well, we're going to try to spend some sufficient time on them this morning to really, um, you know, address at least some of the issues. I feel like there's a lot going on there, so we may not have the time to address everything. But, um, yeah, they, they, they're a hot mess, really and truly. Um, Kev, I'm going to send you a few things. I want you to just listen and check for me. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm just having Kevin check a few videos, making sure that they're all crystal clear in terms of uh, no profanity because I've not had a chance to listen to them in full. So um, before we play them on air, we'll make sure that that's the case because it looks like y'all be ready to speed dial off-reg. Off-reg. Sandy said a curse word. Please save us. Ugh, y'all need Jesus. <laughs> so let me tell you about Friday's show. Um, first of all, does Sandy curse? Yes. I'm not going to lie. I, I may do so. I, I have to probably be in a particular mood or you just get on the wrong side of me and, you know, a couple of words might drop on you. It's not something that I do on a regular. My poor Aunt Lottie, she'd be rolling in her grave, child, if she ever heard that I could curse like a sailor. But you know, I don't do it because a lot of times I don't necessarily find that it's necessary, although sometimes it becomes necessary to pop off a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know what they say about pe- people who curse have a certain level of intelligence because, well, it depends on how you use it, to be honest. But anyway, so we had a we had a um, gentleman on Friday's show that uh, the second we called him, he was obviously waiting for a phone call and he went off like a lunatic. Well. We hung up on him immediately because we were not going to tolerate that level of disrespect in the program, and he did not need to be using all the profanity. So we had a bit of an after show, and I want to introduce this concept to you all in case you've not heard of it. Morning, Miss Daisy. Um, so the after show is, um, you know, basically you have the regular show, and then um, lots of podcasters and stuff do this. Even live TV, sometimes they have like, you know, the after show, uh, where you kind of get a different you get a slightly different show. So we behave ourselves on radio and then the after show, if we have to turn up a little bit, 
we're going to turn up a little bit. So we did call him on Friday. And I think Friday might be the ideal day to kind of do an after show if we're going to do one. So we had an after show um, with this guy. We called him back. Funny enough, during the after show, all of a sudden, we didn't hear no profanity. He was behaved. I mean, he was still kind of going on a little bit, a little bit cuckoo, um, trying to defend his wife when she's not defensible. But anyway, um, he wasn't really popping off quite the same, right? The energy changed because we were we were waiting. I was waiting to meet his energy. Because, you know, sometimes you have to meet people's energy. When they come at you crazy, you got to give them a dose of crazy bat. And so I was ready for him, if needed, to meet his energy. But I remained calm and I remained my composure. And people were like, oh, Sandy, you got the patience of Job. I said, not really. But, you know, mm-hmm. I decided to just keep it cool. So, um, of course, he called the police complaining that we were telling falsehoods about him. And I was like, really? Did you verify any of it? No. Well, you know how the police are. They'll take anybody's word about anything. Um, so I said, yeah, this is the same dude who claims that his wife didn't really go to jail for um, bringing her mother in on somebody else's passport. When that's not questionable, she did go to jail for that. And then when he saw that we obviously knew that information, remember, imagine she worked for the DPP's office and was breaking the law. That takes a special kind of person, to be honest. Ooh, Melody and Melanie, whatever their names are. Melody and May. Wow. They're like the, the, um, the you know, Filipino mafia here, the foolishness that they've been going on with. Um, you know, and it's alleged that they're bringing in people and work permits when they actually have no work for them. You see, they don't know that their own Filipinos are talking. One, one observation I've made about the Filipino community, and I really had to stop those of you who were like, oh, you know, all these Filipinos are just not I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, we're not, we're not going to tolerate that level of discourse on the program. We're not going to use words like all, like you can't come in here and say all Caymanians are lazy, all Caymanians are this, all Jamaicans are criminals. And no, 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 no. You can speak to the ones that you've had experience with. That's fine. But when you start to throw an entire nationality or an entire nation under the same bus, you know, that's not right because you've got good and bad in every single situation and every single thing, right? So there's no such thing as all Jamaicans being a particular way. There's no such thing as all Caymanians being lazy. Uh, the vast majority of Caymanians are not lazy, you know, even if it's 10, 20 percent. Well, that's too many, but still, that's not all. The majority out there hustling and trying to make an honest living, just like Filipinos. The vast majority of Filipinos come here and they do the right thing. Does that mean that they all do? No. There are some obvious Filipino criminals here. And you know what is so crazy? The ones that tend to steal people's money and be very, very conniving, in my observation, are the women. I haven't really noticed too many of the men getting mixed up in situations. It tends to be the women. Remember the one who was, um, I'm trying to remember her name now, who was taking work permit um, money from people. Um Okay. Who was taking, you know, work permit money from people and then, um, you know, not even taking out their permits. And she owes a ton of people money. Remember when we had featured her some months back and uh, I'm trying to see if I can remember her name now. Oh gosh. Trying to look. Anyway, um, this was back in, yes, this is back in March and thereabouts. Um, yeah, actually from even before that, right? Mm -hmm. 
So her name, let me see now. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember her name. But anyway, you know, she she's up to the the most, um, taking people's money and not taking out permits. Like I said, it tends to be the women. They've sent lots and lots of evidence um on this. I'm trying to remember her name now. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Oh, we got a passport, honey child. Um Oh gosh, sometimes these names. Hold on. Let me make sure that's the right name. Um Okay, hold on, let me see. Um anyway, uh, you know, she was doing the most with taking people's hard earned Dan Danilin. Remember her? Uh, taking people's money and then um, not uh, taking out permits for them. That's theft. You know, I don't care how you try to slice it. That's exactly um, what that is. So that's not everybody. That's not every single Filipina lady. You know, um, that is, uh, yeah, Danilin Gironella. Yeah. She is um, one of those that has, and I think she's still here, uh, doing the most, taking advantage of her own people. Two observations that I've made about them that is very, very interesting. Number one, uh, they tend to stick in their own community when they take advantage of each other. Um, So, I mean, it's interesting, but I guess, you know, you're comfortable hoodwinking your own people, I suppose, at the end of the day, right? The other thing is they're so incredibly close-knit that even when they're doing something wrong against each other, um, you find that they're less likely to complain, especially outside of the community about it. I've made this observation. We featured, um, i trying to remember the other lady's name who was like practically making her little kids sleep any and anywhere. And she was also um, a bit deceptive and a bit of an alleged theft, right? Alleged, alleged thief. Um, but when the Filipinos were, and Filipinas were coming on the program complaining about her, others in the community, they're seen in like leaders here, whatever, like, oh, don't go to Sandy. Don't go to Cayman Mall Road. Like they like to keep it very, very hush hush in their own community. That's the difference with them. Like, I don't feel like Jamaicans really do that. You know, they'll talk about each other and they can put it out there. Caymanians definitely don't care. They're going to be like, oh, this person owes me money. This person hoodwinked me. This person stole from me, whatever. Filipinos, um, I think some of it is like, they're here in our country. They're supposed to be behaving. You know, they actually make them go through this um, bit of a course before they come here uh, with their foreign minister's department or whatever, where they tell them how to behave and when you go to the Cayman Islands and what is expected of you. And those who don't live up to that, um, you know, are uh, really, um, they can be ostracized within the community and they really, really look down upon, but at the same time, they also want to hide that. You know what I'm saying? Like they want to keep it amongst themselves. And that's not right because we've seen the one that went to court. Remember, she was convicted and sentenced, showing up in her fake designer clothing and whatever, booking all these airline tickets to nowhere 
because she was pocketing thousands of up on thousands of dollars to support her lifestyle. And then she claims like, oh, you know, it was to help some sick person in the Philippines or whatever. That's a bold face lie. This girl was living her best life off of the money and the backs of the Filipino community. And I know that it takes a lot for them to come forward and go to the police and make a complaint against one of their own. And so when you see it go the, the full yard um, and it ends up in court and the person gets convicted and all that, you know, it really took a lot for them to do that because it makes them look bad. And, you know, they've been sort of, um, you know, told not to do anything that makes them look bad, even if they're the victims. Oh, you don't come forward. You don't talk about it. There's been several that have been victimized, like sexual assault victims, raped by another Filipino, you know, and um, those ladies came forward and, you know, the guy went to jail and, you know, he's been convicted. And that was hard because even when you saw the evidence and you heard the testimony in court, one of the things that he did was he was contacting other members of the Filipino community, trying to convince that female not to report it to the police, not to move forward with it. So it really takes a lot for you to go against the green in your own community when they're very, very close knit and they don't want to talk about, you know, the wrong that is being done to people and the victims, you know, part of it is a little bit of an Asian culture as well. The victims don't feel like they can come forward and go to the police because other members of communities like, oh, you're the one who's making us look bad, not the perpetrator, which is ridiculous. So as with all cases, you know, we stand um, with victims. And of course, we support victims no matter who uh, who they are. So I want to continue to encourage members of the Filipino community to speak up. I mean, you, you're living in this country. You have a right um, to speak up. You know, nobody should be ripping you off. Nobody should be sexually assaulting you or raping you or assaulting you in any way, shape or form, regardless of who it is. Even if it's a member of your own community, it's still wrong. So May and Melanie, or that that's their names, right? They've had a long run. And I know the husband's like, oh, you don't call my, my wife and my name again. Well, I'm going to call you in your wife's name. And I don't really care what you have to say about it because you know it's the truth. You know what your wife is up to. Um, and, you know, <laughs> y'all just need to stop it. And WORC needs to look into this woman and actually do something about her. That's the thing. When, when I have to get on a show and expose people for wrongdoing because the system isn't working and the system isn't penalizing people, uh, that's when you know something is truly wrong, right? So the audacity of him to call the police on me, I was like, child, please, y'all are the ones who need to be arrested because what you're doing is breaking the law, you know? But this is how they keep people silenced in this community. They're going to call the police on you when you you haven't done anything wrong. You're exposing the wrongdoing. Oh, but you must keep your mouth shut. You must have nothing to say. Well, let me tell you something. Today is Monday. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be 50 in four days. And I can tell you that I don't care about any of that. You can call the law all you want. The police got, should have me in speed dial by now. Bring, bring. Uh, speed dial spot number one, maybe number two. Maybe they got some other real criminal in spot number one. I don't know but they can speed dial me anytime they want. And as y'all can see from Friday's program, if you go listen to the after show, I know exactly how to deal with them, honey chair. Uh -uh. Not today, TD. Not today, Bobo. Don't come to me with your foolishness. Mm -hmm. And um, in the meantime, you know, we have a right and we have an obligation to try to stand for the right things in this country, to try to uphold the law, which is what the police should be doing. 
You know, if we have to help them do that because they're a little bit behind the times, then we will do so. And it is what it is. Don't make anybody silence you in your country. I don't care that he's from Northside. I don't care if he's a Caymanian because he's one of those Caymanians and I got no sense. So I'm going to sit down and be impacted by him and his foolishness. Now imagine he works for, is it PWD? All these people got government jobs, you know? And the two sisters work for education department. One is a teacher and one is an administrative worker in the department. Boy, I tell you, if y'all were to really know how that grinds me, you see? Good government jobs that could go to good, honest people. This is who the civil service is hiring. Hmm. They better have a re-examination of that. But anywho, um, I'm not really business with them still. You know how that is. So apparently... He actually got into a fight. Let me tell you how crazy and foolish he is. First of all, the husband obviously has a problem with alcohol. You know, and it's sad when people don't want to admit that they have an issue with alcohol um, because it can really bring out the worst in you. And I think in his case, that is definitely happening. You heard his own sister begging him, Freddie, oh, Freddie, please stop drinking, Freddie. Listen, if you want to be a drunken fool and have this Filipino woman take advantage of you, and by extension, take advantage of the Cayman Islands, the people of the Cayman Islands. Well, let me tell you how this can go now. She can take advantage of you. That's your business, right? WRC not going to do nothing about it because they accept that although some of these relationships are dysfunctional to the hilts, it might be a marriage of convenience, but both parties are in it for whatever they're in it for, right? So he's he's happy being taken advantage of, and she's happy, whatever the compromise is, being with a foolish Caymanian drunk that really probably doesn't have much to offer her other than the status, other than the ability to, to stay here, you know, and he can breed her and have these children. And, you know, that's, that's her ticket. That's her anchor babies and whatever. And she gets to get a good job in the Cayman's government, despite being a, a convicted criminal. Right. And he gets to drink every single weekend and probably treats her like, you know what? And she doesn't care because that's the compromise. You see, when you're in these types of dysfunctional situations, the compromise is, well, I put up with someone who's a drunk. I put up with someone who's probably lazy, who probably even, you know, maybe uh, abusive and all this sort of thing when he's drunk because I get to stay in the Cayman Islands. And the opportunities that they get here is still better, even if you're with a drunk, right? It's still better than the situation in the Philippines. Isn't that sad? And then the, the worst part is, well, the best part for them, but worst part for us is they get to bring every Tom, Dick, and Harry from the Philippines once they're here or wherever country, because we're going to talk about Tilly's here in a minute. So stay tuned for that hot mess, right? Same MO, bringing whoever they want to our beautiful country, acting the fool, right? So, and of course, they do it under the guise of, um, mm -hmm, just tell my guess I'm running a little bit behind. She should probably come closer to 9 a.m. Um, yeah, so, you know, under under the guise of, um, of oh, you know, uh, I'm going to bring all my family members here to help them out. You see, that's the compromise. And they're willing to compromise and put up with a lot in order to have that privilege. And the poor people, they themselves are willing victims in all of this. You know why? Because it's still a better opportunity, even when they come here and their family members are taking money from them that they know they don't have and they have to borrow it. Their thing is, okay, I just need to get a foot in the door. I just need to get to the Cayman Islands. 
And once I get there, you know, I'll find another Filipino that's going to help me out. I'll find a job. And then they start moving up the ladder. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, they're like May and Melanie. Good jobs in government. Find some fool fool came out and maybe to marry if they didn't leave a husband back home. Sometimes I don't make a difference either, but I'm just saying. So this is the situation, folks. It's not just in the Filipino community. It's a lot of communities. And, you know, as a Caymanian, I have to stand for something. <laughs> and I'm not going to stand for any foolishness. So, Mr. Douglas, you can get all up in your feelings all you want. You can curse and carry on. Um, please know that I don't care. And, um, of course, he was, um, you know, went on Friday uh, afternoon uh, into the evening hours to go fight his own brother. And we have it on video over this whole foolishness. You can imagine. So his brother had to hold him down and call the police on him. I think he's now been arrested for his drunken, ridiculous behavior because he's trying to defend this Filipino wife. Poor him. I tell you, some of y'all really ain't got no sense. Mm -mm. So listener to the program says, Sandy, afternoon, the show. Uh, I got to understand that May has an inside connection at WORC. Well, nothing would surprise me, but Jeremy Scott now is over at WORC. He's the head over there. And Jeremy, we're going to put your foot to the fire. And I'm going to give Jeremy the benefit of the doubt and say, I don't believe that. Um, I don't know. You know, they all say that when they're ready, that they have inside connections. A lot of times what's happening is um, WORC, immigration, whatever we call them these days, they have to carry out a certain degree of due diligence when they investigate these matters. So they can't quite just grab somebody up and arrest them, you know, and they, they are slow because they got a small team of enforcement officers. They need more enforcement officers. Mr. Franz Manderson, please let WORC hire more investigative and enforcement officers. They need it. Okay. And yes, get on it. All right. RD, good morning. Mm-hmm. Alejandra says when she's off the radio after 10.30 a.m., the show must go on uncensored. Yes, so that explains the after show. Morning, Mr. Maris. In case you missed the definition of the after show, that's when we're going to, um, after 10.30, when we're no longer in radio, we're still going to be live on social media. And if we have to go uncensored, unfiltered, even more than usual, well, honey, chill, buckle up, put on your seatbelt, hold on to the desk in the classroom because we're going to do it. That's just how it works, okay? And the best thing is Meta is not policing nobody in terms of that sort of thing. They don't care what profanity you use. They're not going to be calling my phone or calling DMS or calling anybody else. But, oh, we heard Sam. They might have had somebody curse on radio. They don't care. Meta does not give it to hoots. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, RD says, how many Caymanians you know that got fired from CIG? And can get another job with them only in Cayman. Mm -hmm. Try and hush. Not just fired, but actually went to jail for like passport fraud and can still get job up in education department. You go figure. Uh, Alejandro says, yeah, I agree. Not all bad, but all the people in this island want to take good credit. Not all people are good or bad at anything. So it's confusing world to worry about generalizations. Yeah, let's not generalize. We're going to talk very, very specifics. Leroy, good morning. Alba, como estas? Keisha, morning to you. Juliet is in the house. First lady says the lady at talk, you know. Mm -hmm. Morning to Ruby. How are you? Miss Darlene Manzanera says light skin and straight hair goes a far away. Sad, but it's true. <sighs> Poor them. 
Mm-mm-mm. Um, Alejandro says, glad you understand how the government has corrupted people in it. Listen, corruption will run rampant all over the place if you allow it to. That's what I'm saying. We have to stamp it out. And how do we stamp it out? We get that flashlight and we shine a light in every corner of society. Rich, poor, black, white, Filipino, Cayman, and it don't make no difference. Jamaicans, we just shine a light on everybody. And then everybody knows, well, darn it, I'm not safe. I'm not safe from the truth. The truth gotta find you, honey child. Morning, Miss Angela. Marshall says, how is she a convicted criminal and have a government job? Well, I mean, apparently government believes in giving people second chances, honey child. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at this stage, I guess she has status from this Caymanian husband of hers. Um, So she's a Caymanian. So yes, they get second chances. And that's just how it is. The other thing is she didn't serve more than a year in jail. So I think it is different when it's just like a couple months of a sentence, but go, go look up her case. I think she was using her maiden name then. So the case might be under the maiden name mm-hmm. and not Douglas, but it's her. Mm-mm-mm. Strong Wilt says, good morning, Sandy. You don't see that they come here and marry the rich, older Caymanian man. They're not sending for less. They're talking, they're taking over the island. Well, you know what, Strong Wilt? They can't marry no Caymanian fool who won't be married. Let me be very clear. And there are people who are, it's a genuine relationship. They really do love the people that they're with. So you can't look at every single relationship and assume that it's a marriage of convenience because then that wouldn't be right either. However, yes, I do make some observations about who they get married to. Now, let me say this, Strong Wilt. You know, I have seen them, Mr. Douglas, not rich or anything like that. I have seen them marry people that really makes me scratch my head but it makes you understand the level of desperation. Because trust me, some of them marrying undesirables from like down in Dog City, drug is and all kind of stuff, just to be able to stay in the Cayman Islands. So sometimes they have no standards whatsoever. They've been trying to step up a little bit, but I know of a couple of cases where they married people. I'm like, damn, of all the people in the Cayman Islands, all the Caymanian men that are available, that's the best you could do? Him? And it tends to 99.99999% of the times, it is women marrying men. It's not Filipino men marrying women. I don't know what it is about them, but they kind of stick to their own. They're not into the mix-up situation. But the women, they're, they're willing to settle. You know, maybe, I don't know, they got babies back home that they got trying to bring or whatever. I don't know what explains the disparity, but there is a real disparity when you think about it. Um, so it's madness. Morning, Keisha. Morning, Noel. Uh, RD says, and to make it worse, the policymakers of this country only worried about the business community. So look for no common sense policies to address these kinds of egregious foolishness. Gabby, good morning, says they can't decrim- discriminate because of your record, depending on the position. Yes, honey, chill. Uh, Garrett says after 1030, the cold, hard truth gets colder. The harder truth becomes the colder, harder truth. Dion, good morning to you. Uh, Marshall says, shine the light on all the cockroaches. Yeah, they don't light light. You know, they start scurrying. You ever turn on a light in a room full of cockroaches? Oh, my God. Woo! All of a sudden, they start running because the light's like, no, don't turn the light on. Don't see us for what we really are. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's talk about Tilly's. Speaking of cockroaches, let's talk about Palm Heights and their restaurant there called Tilly's. Mm. I am so sick and tired of these people. What exactly are they doing at Palm Heights? And more importantly, I need a I need a flashlight the size of a friggin' you know those big industrial fans like when you go to like you know outdoor spaces and they're trying to keep a hundred people cool. They've got those super wide industrial fans. That is what we need for Palm Heights, a flashlight like that size. Because they have so much messiness going on over there. That this morning, I tell you not a word of lie. I don't even know where to begin. Hmm? Well, let's begin with Friday's strike. So the staff decided to strike on Friday. The staff have been complaining to me um, for quite some time now about all the shenanigans that are going on there. And when I say shenanigans, geez, I'm peace. Not a word of lie. Oh my God. We're going to try to break it down. First of all, I'm shocked to discover that they don't even have an HR manager. Because somebody said to me, um, Sandy, how can all this stuff be going on if they have an HR manager who is, you know, responsible for keeping these things in check. Well, it turns out they don't have an HR manager. So that's one of the major problems. They're just doing whatever they want. Nobody's checking them. They're flying by the seat of their pants. And that's just how it is. So there was supposedly a strike on Friday where the staff who have had more than enough have basically said, listen, you know, we're, we're sick and tired of being mistreated, uh, salary issues. Let's just delve into it, right? Number one, the staff are complaining that they're not getting paid uh, per the law. Now, remember when the um, Mr. Troy Leacock was on the program and he was here talking about, he's the president of the Cayman Islands Tourism Association. And he explained in very, very good language the fact that um, the gratuity scheme isn't just something that you make up as you go along. It is actually in the law, in the regulations. It tells you how to do it. You're supposed to register, right? And you, you pay gratuity just like you pay pension or anything else that's obligated by law. The problem with Palm Heights is they're not following the law none at all. They do not care about the law. <laughs> Planning law immigration law, um, what else? Human rights law, they, they don't care about nothing. They're running an operation over there. To be quite frank, I've never seen anything like it. And I wanna say unequivocally this morning that the DART organization owns the property. And whilst the DART organization has nothing to do with the runnings of the property, if I were them, I would take that property back from Palm Heights. Y'all need to seriously consider the reputational um, damage that Palm Heights is doing to the dark brand, because a lot of people don't understand and they don't get it. But this has nothing to do with the dark organization, but it's making y'all look bad. Caller, good morning. Yeah, morning, Sunday. So mm -hmm. what, I, what I'm hearing about Palm Heights and their criminal criminal actions and all this type of things, right? Why the police don't give a good old raid to the, to the Palm Heights um, hotel because when they read it to go and raid Caymanians for some simple little complaint, 
And we all know about these things that's going on in Palm Heights now. So why they can't give them a good little read and see what's going on up inside there? Well, I mean, listen, they're investi- they're under investigation they by WORC. They're mm-hmm. they, 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 they not scared of the small people, but they're scared of the big people or what? How big they is? Like giants or what? I can't see them. Well, I, I wouldn't say that they're not being investigated because I know for a fact that they are. But as I said earlier, I guess I guess these things take time, honey Joe. A lot of time, apparently. Yeah, they're taking great time with them. I bet you to, I bet you if it was some little small person that they hear going on, they have them in jail tomorrow though. Mm-hmm. Yep. All yeah. right. Thank you very easy to, much. Easy to get, easy to get oh yeah. All right, folks. Um, yes, I mean, there are a lot of questions um in relation to um to what's happening over at Palm Heights and why there hasn't been any real action yet. I guess government is crossing their T's and double checking their I's and dotting everything um, before they deal with these people. So in the meantime, CMR is going to just bring the truth to the table and tell y'all all the different types of complaints that we have been receiving about them. Because it, it is ridiculous. Miss Darlene says lawless. And that would be the one word that would effectively describe what is happening at Palm Heights, lawlessness all over the place, okay? So staff are complaining about their gratuities, that they're not getting paid gratuities. In terms of pay, some of them are making $800 for the month and told that they should be happy, CI dollars that is, they should be happy that they're even making that because they're not worth it. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to very specific employees who are on work permits who work over at Tilly's this morning. Because you have to know that you don't get the privilege of coming to this country and taking any benefits from this country, even if it's just a job and a decent salary, and you get to think that you're going to treat Caymanians or even Jamaicans or anybody for that matter, less than humane. You're not going to do it in my country. Not today. Okay? You've been getting away with it at Tilly's. You're going to be named and put to shame here today. And you better stop it. Because some of the things that I'm hearing that's going on is beyond ridiculous. Huh? Yeah. I've been hearing it for years. I told y'all during COVID, people have been complaining to me. In fact, ironically enough, I had someone who's running for political office reach out to me at the time about how, um, oh, you know, um, those people at Palm Heights, they're really good people. Um, you, you know, give them a break. Um, come, I'll introduce you to people. I say, who? Introduce me to who? I look like I need to meet anybody. Oh, come, I'll tell you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't need no food. You don't have to feed me. I can afford my own food at Tilly's, Palm Heights, or anywhere else for that matter. I don't care. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. Right? You think you can hoodwink me? Mm-hmm. Oh, come and, and meet the people there. This is how they fool celebrities. Oh, come for free. Stay at our property. This, that, and the next thing. That doesn't make you a good person. Just because you can have celebrities at your um, facility, that does not make you a good person. Right? When you, It's how you treat the everyday people, your workers, that speaks volumes to who you actually are as an organization. And I must tell you quite frankly, 
that Palm Heights is a horrible organization. I don't know who's responsible for what since there is no HR manager. I understand that there's somebody there by the name of Ian who supposedly is um, some kind of manager, general manager, so they claim. Here's another problem that they have over there at Tilly's. Is immigration paying attention this morning? Because the other issue that they have over there is they're hiring people in positions and then they are, um, you know, putting in work permits for one thing, but yet they're running around as managers and all kind of other things. So in other words, they are working outside the terms of their work permit. So Ian might not be, as far as the work permit is concerned, Ian might actually not even be the general manager, but that's what he, that's how he's being introduced to people. Mm-hmm. Gordon White is a general manager. Another name again. Here we go. They really need to, um, somebody says he's not based in Cayman. Well, they really need to get it together. Seriously. Johan, good morning. Mm-hmm. Morna says they don't like Caymanians at all. They're giving Caymanians a hard time just for them to walk off their job. And by the way, that's called constructive dismissal, and that's actually against the law. You know that? We're going to talk some more about it. All right. Um, not paying people. Gratuities. Uh, pension. I understand that, that their employees started back paying pension last year. Oh, now CJ Brit K. The pension plan has no pension contributions. DLP, Sasha Rankin, she's a good person over there. Whoever else is over there, y'all need to raid Palm Heights. You need to get those records ASAP and you need to see what's going on. They're not paying people. They're not paying gratuities, right? They're not paying um, pension. God knows if they're paying insurance. And you know what they tell people? Oh, well, um, you don't get to... um, you know, we're not getting any money because all these celebrities that we bring here, they're actually not paying. Well, that's hogwash. And that's on you. How can you be running a hotel where you letting everybody stay for free? Nobody's paying. So then that's your excuse for why you're not paying your staff. Y'all have to be a crazy on a different level. I've never heard of such a model for a hotel before. So you're not in the business to be profitable. What are you in the business for? Oh, social media clout? To look good? Oh, we're a boutique hotel. And we just had Justin Bieber and his wife here just this past week, by the way, staying at the facility. And I heard that they were horrible people. Justin Bieber. Give somebody, give him my number so I can tell him about his backside too. And Haley Bieber. Be nice to the little man. Yes, you're not at their level anymore, but you don't know when you go fall, honey chill. Justin Bieber, you don't forget you had half your face paralyzed the other day. Your singing career might be over one day and you're going to be a bum out on the streets. And a Caymanian might be flying directly into L.A., see you as a bum on the street and have to give you a meal. You never know. That's how life is, honey chill. The higher you go, the harder you're going to fall sometimes. So take your time just because you feel like you've arrived in life and know how you're treating people. Those poor employees at um, Palm Heights that y'all were overworking and had at your beck and call, right? Having them work 
over time, 24-7, making all kind of demands, uh, would you would you want to know that those people are, are barely getting $1,000 U.S. a month to be able to survive here in the Cayman Islands? And you guys are coming in comp trips, which I'm sure, even if the, the stay is comp, then people are eating and paying for something. I would be hard to believe that millionaires come and don't want to pay a single thing, not leaving any tips, no gratuities, no nothing. And yet, the staff there are being treated horribly and being expected to work like a dog and still get treated horribly on top of it. Palm Heights, y'all got to do better. Now, here's what I know about these people. Let me tell you how they operate. The last time I talked about them, they started to make some phone calls. Oh, we need to we need to do something about the bad press that we're getting from 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 CMR. Y'all can't do nothing about it. You know what I told the person who said something to me about that? I said, "Oh, oh, they have an issue with the the bad press." I said, "This is what you must tell them: get your ish together, <laughs> follow the laws of the Cayman Islands. It's so simple, really. There's nothing complicated about it. CMR will never have your name." And in our mouth over on this side of the thing, if you do what you're supposed to be doing. But you see, no, 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 no. That's not how they operate. They want to have all this money out there owing in the streets to their vendors, contract subcontractors. You know how many thousands upon thousands of dollars they owe people? From tilers to builders to, you know, small to medium Caymanian businesses. They owe all sorts of money and they're refusing to pay it. Right? So they're, they're not going to do the right thing. It's easier for them to try and make a phone call talking about how can we silence CMR, right? And how, how can we handle the bad press that we're getting? You handle the bad press by fixing your mess of a situation is what you do. That's how you handle it. Don't be looking at me. You can't, listen, there's not enough steak dinners in the world. There's not enough hotel stays or anything else that would compensate me in any way, shape, or form that's going to make me not speak the truth on who you people really are. It's egregious on a different level. So don't don't waste your time trying to make any phone calls this morning thinking that anybody controlling me, honey child, because I don't know what island you're living on. Down Palm Heights, it's like, it's like they're in a low world of their own. Okay. Now, here it is. Let me show y'all a little something. Exhibits now. All right. This gentleman is from Nepal. Brought his family here. So initially he came to the, the country. Um, was kind of behaving initially. Then he turns around and bring his wife. Um, hold on. Who else he brought? Uh, wife, nephew, and niece to work in housekeeping, and he's the housekeeping supervisor. How on earth, of all the positions, I mean, housekeeping doesn't really take a whole lot of skill level. Some training, yes, I'm not saying it's, a, it's you know, not, no training at all. But we need to bring out someone all the way from Nepal to be a housekeeping supervisor. And then he has to turn around and bring the wife, the niece, and the nephew to work with him in the same department. And y'all think that this is normal? 
Well, let me tell you what the people say about him that have to work with him. They say he's racist. Ooh, honey child. I don't know what part of Nepal you're from, and I don't really know much about Nepalese individuals, but let me tell you something, honey. You should not be racist. There's, there's nothing about your country, and the little that I do know, um, you're not considered Caucasian in any way, shape, or form, so you should not be racist. You, you're a brown person. You're still a person of color. What are you racist for? Right? Treating people like dirt. Only gives hours to the people that he wants to, right? And then neglects the Spaniards and the Caymanians. Don't want to give no time to the Jamaicans that are there. If you dare to complain, then they turn around and cut your hours so significantly that forget the little thousand dollars that you're making, all of a sudden you're making nothing. They'll give you two to four days off immediately. Things are hard enough out there when you're hustling for your little dollar. Right? To be taking home $1,000 when you're working full time and then somebody cut your hours so you're not there to make any kind of money? No, 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 no. That can't work. Somebody say he's racist against black people, but he better he better shape up. He not far off. You one little shade up, honey child. That don't make you nobody special. Make sure you know. So um, for the record, Mr. Sunil Mala, Get it together, housekeeping supervisor. We have our eyes on you at W-O-R-C. Please, in your little blank notebook, write down his name. Shall I spell it for you? S-U-N-I-L-M-A-L-L-A. Get it. Okay? He's coming here treating Caymanians like dirt. Y'all need to wake up. I don't care who he is. Nepal, I don't care if he came from Timbuktu. You're not going to come to the Cayman Islands and treat people subhuman. Maybe in Nepal, that kind of behavior is tolerated. Not here. How can this man bring everybody but the friggin' dog from Nepal to get them working? And guess what? More coming. More family members are slated to come. Y'all don't think I know what's going on? They're not finished yet because this is such a good gig for them. Who else he bringing? I'm trying to remember. Uh, who else is he bringing again? Somebody else. Some other family member. They were overhead, overheard talking about it. Shame on you, Sunil. Shame on you. But you know what? Dumpy know who to frighten. Only, you can only do what we allow you to come to this country and do. That's the truth. And so who is the bigger jackass of the day if it's not Caymanians, if it's not the Caymanian system that allows us to go unchecked, allows Tillys to do all this kind of foolishness? As somebody just said in the comment section, they should be shut down. All these infractions and they're still able to operate? Not paying your bills, not paying your staff, not paying pension? Um, planning infractions where planning has to come and tell you to take down containers that you had no permission to put there. These people are running by the seat of their pants doing whatever they want. Anywhere else in the world, I dare say, well, maybe there's some countries that have a lot more co corruption. 
Uh-huh. They would have been shut down a long time ago. This is ridiculous. Now, housekeeping is a hot mess because then we also have her in the mix. Mm. Jimena Garcia Orbina. Come here a couple months ago by way of the UK, but she's from Ecuador. And somebody must have told her that uh, the baby Jesus appointed her to be his right-hand woman. She's supposed to be the new manager of housekeeping. They better check her work permit title. Yeah? Because like I said, they come here and they be lying to immigration about what they're actually going to be doing. Manager of housekeeping, really? This is what staff said about her. She said about her, she's very rude and very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Calling people names. Where, 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 excuse me. Where on earth do these people live? Where did they come from? This is what you did back in the UK? You could go around calling people names in whatever establishment you were doing there? Like, seriously? Are you crazy? Good morning, caller. Hi, Sandy. Good morning. Miss Snow here. How are you? Hey, not bad. How are you doing? Not bad myself. Listen, this lady that you're now discussing, I've had my interactions with her because she's rude. She's disrespectful. She has no manner. She treats the staff and talks to them as if they're their dog. Mm-hmm. She goes and she demands them to leave the canteen and go to work. Nobody wants to go to work early because she puts them to work and it doesn't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. This is a hair. This is stuff that I personally know. I personally wrote a five-page complaint against her with my interaction with her because of my spouse. And I dared her to fire him because she got to have a good reason. Mm-hmm. So now what she starts to do is cut his hours and I mm-hmm. went back after them again because that's their motto. If you stand up for your rights, they cut your hours. They cut you down so bad that it's not even worthwhile going to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, she says she's going to get rid of the Caymanians because we're lazy mm-hmm. and all these other things. She just only been here a month on a temporary work permit. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. I understand that. She's gone two uh, months now. have to do their investigation or whatever have you. Yeah. That's how many good Caymanians have to stay there or be fired and work under these conditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I know I spoke to some people yesterday, Christian that have made arrangements with the previous manager that they wouldn't work on a Sunday or a Saturday because of their religion. It has been agreed and put in their files. Mm-hmm. She comes and says she don't care. She's now here to enforce. And if they don't like it, they can get out and don't come back. Mm-hmm. This is her attitude. Mm-hmm. She does not realize she is not a Caymanian. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then the other supervisors along with her that are married to Caymanians just recently believe that because they have an RERC that they're safe. They are not. An RERC isn't a right, it's a privilege. Hmm. And the same way they enjoy writing people up and giving them bad evaluations and stuff, they can be written up to and send letters to the deputy governor's office where they have to go to apply for acknowledgement and whatever else they need to become Caymanians. People put pen to paper. Do not be afraid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because this woman, she needs to go back from where she came from. I laid a complaint to the financial controller, Gordon, about her behavior and told him I was going to write immigration. He said, there's no need to go there. I mm-hmm. said, we're already past that stage. Mm-hmm. She is rude. Why don't you go look at people and tell them that they must man up and not to do things for themselves and she's not discussing nothing on the outside because I don't work for Palm Heights and this. She had no idea who she was playing with. And I told her, you don't know who you're messing with. Mm-hmm. 
if you do know who you're messing with, Google me. Huh. Because she's rude. And then she went and told the supervisor, which is another guy who had a figuratively, that she wanted to get rid of him. And I said, you know what? Find mm-hmm. a good excuse. Shop for work every day on time. Never got written up. Mm-hmm. Do their jobs to 100%. No written warnings. What are you going to fire them for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just it's like the lady that she wanted her to go on her knees and scrub a floor. Yes, I get, I get into that here in a minute. Days. I pull those videos. Oh, Don't worry. They coming. Who is she? They coming. Totally disrespectful. The Virgin Mary? <laughs> wow. No, 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 I no, no. It's time that Palm High staff stand up for their rights. I know they're scared of losing their jobs, mm-hmm. but unless they pool together, this is not going to end. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed mm-hmm. to be having a meeting this morning, and I advise all of them, whatever mm-hmm. decisions that are being made, get it in writing and don't mm-hmm. leave or begin work until they get it in writing. Mm-hmm. These people cannot be trusted. Simon Matthew and what her name is, um, Gabrielle, should be ashamed of yeah. themselves. They mm-hmm. walk up and down this hotel with their hair held high like they're some big-ass celebrity, mm-hmm. yet they're treating the staff like dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It needs to stop, son. It mm-hmm. needs to stop. And today is a day when it all needs to come to a halt. So I'm telling all the employees out there, stand up for your rights. You all have rights, not just because you're on a work permit. does not mean you have to be trampled on. Or if you're a Caymanian, don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another thing that they intend on doing, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to tell you. They will fire you, then they'll bring you into the office and force you to sign a resignation letter, which means you forfeit all of your severance pay Mm-mm. and everything because you quit. Mm-mm. Not Mm-mm. them firing you, and I'm not asking, I'm telling you because I've seen Mm-mm. documentation. This same lady here has refused. I got her on video mm-hmm. saying she's not giving people their evaluations because it's, got, it's company policy and she's not giving it to them. They are entitled to it. Wow. People have been taken, hired as what they call night cleaners, been thrown into the laundry at laundry attendants, and mm. when they turn around and say they don't want to be there anymore, the supervisor there gives such a bad evaluation that when it go back to her, she fires them. Mm-mm. Now, how can you take an evaluation from from um, the laundry when you're hired for something else and use that to dismiss someone? Mm. You cannot. Mm-hmm. And then they give a release letter saying that they have no objections of this person being employed anywhere else in the Cayman Islands. What is that, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is time it stopped now. Honestly, these people are suffering. They have cut the staff down so badly. One person to do six rooms if she want the rooms done in less than an hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I, I don't know. It's just your show on this could go on for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. But I'm going to stick a pin there and leave it there for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my Sorry. dear. Nine three six two six two six. So Jimena Del Rocio Garcia, um, also known as you know they got more than one name, honey chair. Also known as Jimena Garcia Urbina. Either name, same young lady that got an attitude to boot and being rude to people. She lucky that she not back up on the right one yet, because I tell you what. May not have been a good EastEnder, and they would have given her something to go home and talk about. You see, these people are really, really pushing the limits, right? And nothing is going to be done about it until one of Caymanian finally loses control and box somebody down up in Palm Heights, and then you're going to hear the worst of it. 
Oh, you know, okay, Manion's this and that, and oh, she's been assaulted, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Listen, they're pushing people. Nobody advocates this kind of behavior. This is absolutely ridiculous. But it's being allowed to go on. Nothing is being done. All right, WRC claimed that they're investigating. You better step up your investigation because all the evidence is there. Talk to the staff. Pull people in. It can't be that difficult. They're having a staff meeting this morning after the staff striked on, on Friday. You know what it takes for people to go on strike in this country? Y'all should know. It takes a lot. Right? Jerry Ann says, I worked there, was talking about them long time ago. Gordon lies. I remember you, Jerry Ann. Speak up now. They never posted the grants, and I was always asking why. They were saying Caymanians are trouble. Really? Caymanians are trouble? The ones who cause the trouble are those of you who are refusing to follow the laws. She, was, she says DPL knows about them and did nothing. Hello. I have been receiving complaints about Palm Heights since COVID. That was three years ago. So if I know about complaints from three years ago and along the same lines, why has nothing been done yet? How can y'all still be investigating? How long does a damn investigation take? You could have carried out a murder investigation by now and it wouldn't take this long. Seriously. Mm -mm. Ridiculous. Well, guess what? We've had enough. I, for one, am tired and sick of hearing all of the complaints. And so, yes, we're here to expose them this morning. So we have Sunil and Jimena, both terrors, going around calling people lazy, turtles, all kind of derogatory names. Like I said, woman, I don't know where you came from and what professional hotel environment you worked in that Tilly's would hire you makes me really, really question. Yeah? That you could speak to people in such a degrading way and think that this is acceptable and this is okay? Not on my watch, huh? No, no, ma'am. Th this is not how you do it. And these are the same people when you go up in there uh, won't be kissing you behind. Now I tell them, don't invite me to places like this. I'm not patronizing these people. Right? Oh, you're Miss Sandy from Maud Road. Get away from me. Because when I think about how you treat people, how you discriminate, you mistreat people of all colors and creeds, but particular people of color in this country, mean you're going to have a problem. Don't be come trying to talk to me, honey child, because I'm not your friend. Let me be very, very clear. But Tilly's having so many problems, I'm wondering how they're able to financially continue to operate. Because guess what? You see this here right now? You see what that is? For the past week, they have had a generator running because the talk at the facility is they can't even afford to pay their CUC bill. Lord Jesus. Well, all I can tell you, honey chill, is we have the photos of the generator we have videos of the generator, and I can tell you it's there pumping for the past week. Hmm. 
can't pay your bills. That that be that 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 CUC. That can't be right. But here's the wiring. Okay, here's the generator. Let me bring in the video so y'all can hear it running. Because next thing you'll know, the cleaner that don't go so. Well, this it's that's the alleged reason why their generator has been running for a week. Well, if that's not the reason, then you do need to explain to people why you're wasting money running a generator. Huh? See the generator here? Hold on now. Bringing it to you. Generator running hot for the past week. I'm reading some of your comments in just a bit. I'm seeing them come in. Thank you. Mm-mm. Uh, Noelle says she was hired from a hotel from Dubai. Oh, I get it. So she's used to mistreating people because, you know, Dubai for all the glory and all the richness when you work in these hotels and stuff like this and construction workers, they have people living in the streets in certain sections of Dubai. They just pretty up the front part of it. People are committing suicide. One of those highest suicide rates in the world is in Dubai because they treat their foreign workers so horribly. The, 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 the thing that they do by, by dozens every single week, every single month, are just killing each other. So you think that you can bring that same stinking attitude to the Cayman Islands? Well, I beg to differ. Hey, Mena, you don't bring it here. As a matter of fact, I don't even know why they need you as a manager of, of, um, of housekeeping. You can't find a Caymanian for that job? I don't believe that. But you know what they do? They file 13 in um, Caymanian applications. That means it goes in a strutter. Somebody asking, where is Kenneth Bryan in this? Well, Kenneth Bryan is a tourism minister, but in all fairness to him, who is the minister in charge of labor? Where is Minister John John? He's the one who's in charge of labor. Uh, let me remind him, he partially got elected because he claimed, say, no more work permits, which we all knew that that was hogwash. But still, Dwayne Seymour, surely you've heard the complaints if I have. So where are you? Strikes happening in this country. Where are you? Right? It's a fair question. No, sir. Oh, I don't know if she got fired from the hotel, the Dubai hotel or not. But one thing I know for sure, she's come here with the wrong frigging attitude. Completely wrong attitude. Let's read what some people are saying about her in the situation at Palm Heights. Here's another one. Hmm? Good afternoon. I'm a previous employee who resigned on July 28th, 2023 because of this lady, Jimena Garcia, who claims that she's a manager, but is a supervisor, not a manager. WRC, like I said, sort yourselves out, right? If she's going around claiming to be a manager and is being treated as a manager, but only has a work permit for supervisor, you know what? That's against the law. She's working outside the terms of her work permit and y'all need to haul in Palm Heights and, and, and take their behind the court. They're past the stage of administrative fines now. They need to, to be dealt with. 
All right. The person goes on. I have proof um, for that being said. Send through your proof, honey child. You can reach me at multiple numbers, 936-2626. That's the Bobo number. My personal number, everybody in Cayman has it. Take it, 324-1612. Send me your proof because WORC needs every bit of it. This Gabby, whatever her name is, who owns this facility, she needs to be gone. I'm sorry, but this is beyond repair as far as I'm concerned. This is clearly people who have no regard for the laws of this country. I can say that this lady is racist and uh, they came from the UK treating employees at Palm Heights like slaves, talking to us in a disrespectful manner. And when we retaliate by standing up for ourselves, she forcefully threatened us to sign the write-up sheet or she will fire us. Her attitudes and behavior is not acceptable here in Cayman. Immigration should take immediate action towards her. July 28th, which was our payday, she cut my hours by 15 hours um, as she was targeting me for the moment uh, she got there. I was sent home July 10th for a small bleach spot on my uniform. I was then off from July the 11th through the 12th, went back to work on July 13th, entered the office because my phone was dead. This lady came right up in my face. And at that moment, I felt threatened. So I exited the office. And then she came out of the office in the hallway with her phone on, recording, screaming, stop shouting at me, stop shouting at me. And the repeatedly shouting while recording, playing victim, while all the employees was on the first floor. And saw as witness that I was not shouting at her. The next morning, July 14th, she wrote me up for misconduct and inappropriate uniform that I was wearing before she got there. This lady is uh, very lie and management is protecting her and not letting employees' voices be heard. There's no HR at Palm Heights Hotel or policy. Jimena Garcia even go uh, in one of the meetings stating that on my contract, I'm only responsible for 40 employees and the remaining 20, that's not on my contract. I will be firing one by one because I'm not getting paid for it. Wow. She's very evil and needs to leave the island ASAP. Immigration needs to cancel her permit because now um, I'm out of a job because of she. Mm -hmm. I have videos and recordings. She's sending me to clean the sixth floor of the hotel, which is considered as hard labor due to the fact that she sent me there to clean wasn't wasn't my area of work. This lady, Jimena, wanted me to go down on my knees with a bucket and a scrubbing brush in my uniform to clean the whole floor. Wow. We got some video. Uh, here, folks, where she, uh, the same lady, is sharing her experiences. Hold on. Yeah, I can't see the lady. Um, she has power wash. But because for me, I am black. So that's the reason why um, she wanted me to go down on my knees and scrub the floor. Uh, because I am black and the person is of a different complexion. No, this is the sixth floor that she wanted me to go down on my knees and clean. And when I asked her what about mapping, she said no, she wants me to go down on my knees with the washing brush and a pan and scrub the wall floor. So what is the difference with me asking if I can map on this lady who is power washing the floor? This is the world sixth floor that she wanted me to 
scrub on my knees. Oh gosh, my apologies. Forgot to turn my mic on. Oh my goodness, so sorry. I had a little call during the show. Um, I was saying that, you know, this hotel really is engaging in behavior that is um, just ridiculous, right? Telling people to get down on their knees to scrub the floor is not something that I would even do in my house, much less in a facility like this. All these accolades, the, the Telegraph, the, the World, Wall Street Journal talking foolishness about, oh, Cayman, the Caribbean's most talked about hotel is a game changer for Grand Cayman. Really? Is it really a game changer? It's a game changer in the wrong kind of way, if you ask me. Right? Are these people aware of what it is that this hotel has been up to? Do they even care? Or is it all about show and clout and outward appearances? Because if that's what it's all about, we're going to start to give y'all a dose of the cold hard truth. We're going to contact the Telegraph. We're going to contact the Wall Street Journal and say, oh, notice with interest your article of December of 2022 about this hotel. Do you know what they're really all about? Do you know how they're not paying staff and how they're treating staff and how they're not paying their bills? Generator running for the past week. Do y'all know any of these things? They're a game changer, all right. The question is, what kind of game changer? Let's watch another video. So here's the woman now. All right. Here we go. All right, so she's demonstrating. Yeah, um, I can see the lady. Um, the power. I'm watching. But because for me, I am black, so that's the reason why um, she wanted me. See. So the other woman who comes afterwards and does it, right? She's not black, apparently. You hear the Jamaican lady saying she was instructed by Jimena to get on her knees with a scrub brush and scrub the entire sixth floor.
The other lady is able to do it with a machine and a power washer. Why? Come on now. This is ridiculous. This, this, this. My mind is like blown. This is allowed to happen in 2023. We have elected officials who are not saying, eh, uh-huh, nothing. WRC claims they're investigating. We want to know how long the investigation is going to take. Right? Letters going in about Hermina. Every single one of you that have contacted me and have sent stuff, you have got to file a complaint against her by WORC. Send it in. Okay? This is exactly what needs to happen. Y'all need to get it together. Somebody said she needs a dose of um, what that worker in uh, Jamaica did to the lady who decided to spit in her face and throw a drink at her. Somebody needed to box her down. Well, you know what? At this rate, I don't advocate any violence, but when you keep pushing people and yeah, get what the duck get. Hmm. Well, like I said, don't y'all get yourselves in trouble. Try to follow the process. The process is slow and arduous and takes forever. And it, it, half the time, it still don't work out. But still you do your part. Don't ruin your reputation. You don't end up in court. You don't end up before no judge for, for this kind of foolishness. But yeah, she's definitely trying people. There's no two ways about it. I'm really shocked that people could come here in less than a month and going on like this. I'm like, who, who told you that this is the Cayman Islands that you can come here like you own the place? That, that, that's what I want to know. This is the attitude that has me shocked. Where is that memo? Who, who told you, Hemena and Sunil, that you can come here and act a fool like how y'all have been acting and treating people like this? Y'all must be crazy. You couldn't, you certainly couldn't do it in Ecuador. Somebody would have fixed your backside long time ago if this was your own country. Some more complaints. Uh, Noel has been posting this on his STTB page. Um, as shown in the photograph, the housekeeping staff went on strike on Friday after receiving their pay and was unhappy about their salary and gratuities. Uh, you have a picture of the strike, Noel. Send it to me. On discussion, unlawful dismissal of many employees who have stood up for their rights, forcing staff members to work and not take breaks or lunch at the appropriate times. Oh, yes. Let's not forget that. Further infractions and breaches of the labor law. Telling staff that when you come into work in the morning, you must eat before you get there and you're not allowed to take a break or eat for the remainder of the time that you're there. No back of office, no place you can go and have a lunch. They're not feeding you and you can't buy it on site either. Wow. Y'all really know how to treat. I mean, imagine they're treating staff like this and they think that they're going to get good work out of these people. They're lucky that one of the staff members not retaliated and put some cowich in the bed sheets of Justin Bieber to show him a lesson and send a clear message to the hotel. Put cowich on every single bed. 
They're lucky that they're not dealing with some hardcore EastEnders because that's exactly what would happen. I can tell you that. They wouldn't be playing around, you fools. On more than one occasion, they've had to stand up and demonstrate that they'll knock you down if you come wrong at them. Mm-mm. Refusing to give staff members copies of their evaluations or written warnings informing them it's company policy that documents cannot be given. That's ridiculous. By law, you're entitled to a copy. Forcing staff members to work on, on um, religious days, which they've already gotten clearance for. And by the way, Jimena and Sunil, in case you missed the memo, there's actually court cases that have upheld a person's right to not have to work if, if it's agreed between the parties. So if you hire someone, you say, yes, I'm seven-day Adventist and I can't work on a Saturday. You can't renege on that and you can't just go back on that because you feel like it. This is ridiculous. Non-payment of pensions. D- DLP. This should be easy. Go call CJ K right now. Ask for the statement when pension payments were made. Right? And you'll see they've been taking pension money from their workers and not paying it. That's theft. It's against the law. Work permit breaches, poor scheduling, non-payment of gratuities. The list goes on and on and on about this so-called multi-million dollar boutique hotel that is trying to attract celebrity guests on a regular basis. They clearly have nothing called shame about them. And you know what? This is like the equivalent to me of Blood Diamonds. Right? Every single person that um, decides to go and stay there, y'all should be ashamed of yourself because you're only supporting the worst of the worst in this country. Hmm. People sending uh, more money. Mm-mm. Here you know. What is this one? Um, this is a letter from the architects. Oh wow. They don't they don't follow no laws. What a hot mess. I tell you. All right, folks. Um, someone said the last thing I heard was a Jamaican lady talking about. Oh, yes. Um what about the new manager for housekeeping, Ms. Jimena Del Rocio Garcia? Okay, good. You beat me to it. Mm-hmm. We're on top of it, honey chill. Um, uh-huh. Okay. All right, folks. Um, this this is really quite an unfortunate situation. Uh, this person says you have to blame the employer as well, uh, not just the people that they've hired. So, uh, you know, really, really egregious. Like I said, I I mean, I'm blaming um, the workers. So somebody says, "Um, I get my pay last week, Friday. I had my overtime. I worked 12 days out of the two weeks. I had worked um, hard night shift, and this is what I got paid. I don't know what what they're doing with the money because they're not paying us. It's not going, it's been going on for a long time now. So this person got paid 900 and I'm not going to say the exact amount. Let's just say $900 and change U.S. dollars for 
two weeks for working um, 82, over 82 hours plus overtime, you know? <laughs> wow. And you still only taking home $900 US? This is ridiculous. You can't even get an apartment in Cayman, a decent apartment for $900. Oh my God. Ms. Darlene says these poor people are suffering. Everyone needs to leave and bring a lawsuit against the company. I say y'all need to all walk off the job and then see what they're going to do. And immigration better not grant any work permits. Good morning, caller. Hi, Sandy. Sorry, me again. Listen, this is how this thing works. Here's how it goes. They will force you to work overtime and tell mm -hmm. you to work overtime, then they end up cutting your hours. You end up working overtime there thinking that you're getting hours, and then what they do, the following schedule, they'll give you two to three days off and take away the overtime you work. Mm -hmm. So in realistic, you're just being slaved to do what they want you to do, and then they take the hours back, so you're not making any additional money, mm. and you're just tired from working an extra five or six hours per day. Mm -mm. Wow. It is silly. It is silly. It, 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 it's ridiculous. So crazy. So oh, my God. Lying. Because that's why I say to people, if you work overtime to someone, you work overtime, you expect to be paid for it. Mm -hmm. You're not sitting just turn around and give you three days off and take away the little extra time that you have to make mm -hmm. your salary drop beneath what you've worked for. Mm -hmm. It's slavery. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Thank you so much, caller. You're welcome. Well, to say that we've only touched the ice, the tip of the iceberg here on um, Palm Heights is probably an understatement. But folks, um, something has got to be done. That, that much is clear. Tracy says this is sad and scary, the fact that these are local people being treated like this. And then you wonder why Caymanians don't want to work in hospitality industry uh, run by expats. There's no excuse to treat anyone this way. A CEO and a janitor deserve respect. They are people shaking my head. Jim says made to pay all staff and bills and then pay the staff their severance. Third, revoke their business license and finding them, um, fining and send them off. Uh, Marshall says take the steak dinners and still expose them. Uh, listen. Johan says a free five-star weekend with everything comp, no thank you. Would not stay there for no amount of comping in the world. Clay says no more work permits for such people. Aliano says you hit the nail on the head. It came out an issue and we a change in a mindset and take control. Magdalene, good morning. Says maybe it's some Caymanian agency that's bringing these workers in and are sending them to Tilly's. These temp work permits need to stop. Well, there definitely needs to be better scrutiny of them. Good morning, Paul. Joining us from Bermuda. Paul says, good morning, um, CMR and Sandra. What a total mess, honey chow. Trust and believe. Uh, El Rey says, boy, sounds like these people need to go ASAP or get a serious attitude change. Sonita, good morning, says, blame it on the government and WRC. They're the ones that are desperate for permit revenue to uh, run the government. Even a rat, a cat, a dog can get a work permit these days. Jerry Ann sharing her own uh, experience. Um, El Ray says an employment law constructive dismissal also called constructive discharge or constructive termination occurs when an employee resigns as a result of the employer creating a hostile work environment. Since the resignation was not truly voluntary, it is in fact a termination. That's right. So when they do things like cut your hours, and that forces you to leave. That is an, an employment law 
what is called constructive dismissal. And you can take them to court for it. Believe me, you. And it sounds like y'all have more than a fair case that you can build here. So uh, Tracy talks about her own experiences, um, says, you know, people are disrespectful. They're not a part of their culture. Uh, if you're not a part of their culture, you're treated differently. This is what cultivates racism. This has to stop. Being in any country is a privilege denied by many and should be treated as such. Uh, Akrina, good morning, says, if any expats work for this company and are too scared to complain, I'm more than happy to be their mouthpiece. I'm a Caymanian. I promise they can't do nothing to me. Well, they can't do anything to me either. <laughs> like I said, what are they going to do? Tell me I can't come and stay there? Well, I don't want to stay there. Uh, like I said, I don't need to eat at your restaurant. I don't need any of that. I would not support this type of business under any circumstances. Remember during COVID when they had their Love Friday brunches? Even Noel was there supporting them and posting good things about Tilly's. Boy, I'm sure you regret that now because now you see the type of company they really are. They never had me fooled, honey child, because like I said, for three years, over three years, I've been receiving complaints about them. And I was like, mm, the vibe's just not there that these are good people. Jim says someone from WRC needs to go and sit in on the staff meeting that they're scheduled to have and videotape it. Well, I'm hoping someone there will videotape it for them. Miss Gloria, good morning. She says, well, I see our tourism policy is going to go down because I've met many uh, stayover tourists who have said to me why they cannot see a staff member with the name tag Caymanian. Hmm. RD says, Sandra, the sad reality is WRC will despise you for exposing stuff that they should be dealing with uh, instead of dealing with the issue. Well, they'll be in a hotter mess. KK says, uh, this is where all the celebrities go, only if uh, those same people knew how they treat their, their own staff. I have to wonder, and by the way, as a side observation, has anybody noticed that all the people that are coming here breaking our laws as it relates to the smoking of a particular substance, drugs, are all coming to stay at Palm Heights? Uh, is it just a coincidence? Gigi Hadid and the, um, the, the performer the other day that came for Pride, Pride Week or whatever it was, Pride Weekend, and others. So it looks like, I don't know if Palm Heights is telling them, oh, bring your own stuff, bring your own goods, whatever, or we don't care about that stuff. But I have certainly made the observation that a few people who have been arrested for drug-related offenses are coming here to stay at that particular facility. I'm just saying. Take it for what it's worth. So Nita says, uh, Caymanian need a fight to survive in Cayman. Jerrianne says, uh, they did me something saying that I, they did me the same thing, saying that I resigned. I went to DPL and they asked Gordon and he confessed that it was untrue. And DPL still didn't do anything about it. And was even trying to get me to go back after that. I've got the emails. Wow. <laughs> so they constructively dismiss you which means that they need to pay up when they do that. That's unlawful termination. And DLP is trying to tell you to go back and take the job back. Did you ever get paid, Jerrion? That's all I need to know. Did you make them pay you? Don't let these people hoodwink you, folks. Everton says it costs more to run a generator on a daily basis than pay utility bill. Well, it depends on how much the utility bill is, Everton. 
Because if they've not paid their utility bill in months and months and months, and they've got a $50,000 bill and they can't afford to pay it, they might have no choice but to run the generator. Johan says the regulatory agencies in Cayman may need to investigate these allegations. May? There's no may about it. They definitely need to. And follow the process. No need for CMR to blow up the issue with international media, which will give Cayman a bad name. Trust the process. No, 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 no. Johan, you need to be drinking something else in the mornings. No, we need to blow it up. And we need to show everybody all over the world who's been given Palm Heights all kind of accolades that these people are actually horrible people. You would think that the Cayman Islands government and the regulatory agencies and the process can do anything to them that bad press will not do more effectively? You've got to be kidding me. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. You, you, can I say, you suck it to them. Mm. But come, I tell you something. I know two very well. Um, Spanish speaking, could hardly speak English. Um, that came on a Saturday mm-hmm. and is to work on a Monday. Now, how are they going to uh, advertise Cayman, sell Cayman as a tourist destination? And don't know anything about Cayman. And guess what? Their promise or their contract say, now these work permits are are given, are sent to them before they reach here. Because no airline, Cayman Airways is number one on that, mm-hmm. um, would aboard them if they can't see a copy of a work permit, where they're going to work. Hmm. But the thing is, they promised them, uh, let's say, $6 uh, um, CI per hour. Mm -hmm. And then they end up paying them $4 U.S. Per hour, they're getting away with it. But mm. what are we Caymanians? And most of their staff are foreigners, mm. are, are, are people that it don't look like they can, uh, they're afraid to go back to immigration and 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 make a, a, a rumpus. This this is this this island. We need our, our Caymanians to do something about all of this because we've been taken away by cheap labor, staying in in dumpy places because they can't afford anything else. And then this place is going to be like any other place. Mm-hmm. And not, not going to be. Some places are. What are we going to do about it? Hmm. Uh, you know, it's right now. If somebody said to me, "I have three or four Caymanians that are going to the immigration or going there and 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 make a rumpus," I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'll be mm-hmm. the first one to go. By the way, my name is Shirley. Yes, and ma'am. 
any any time that anybody want to do anything like that, mm-hmm. I because this is my little island. We are clean. Most of us are clean people, but some of our youngers, younger ones, are doing the same thing that the the the, the foreign people, the mess that they left behind, and they could come here and mess this up because they they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So we have to do something about this. Immigration is number one. The government is number two. Mm-hmm. And the people will follow or we threaten government, immigration, anything to expose What's really, really going on in Tillis, they, they, they give the staff what is left over, and God only knows that it may even come from some of the guests, and they give them as lunch, or, mm-hmm. or, or they pay them so badly that they, they, they feel good if they get a lunch or a breakfast mm-hmm. or anything like that, because they have nothing to buy anything with far is is salary is concerned, but we're doing nothing. We we we're, we're talking about it all the time. Government hasn't paid no attention. None of them has paid any attention on what's going on. But yet we're constantly bragging about tourism, hmm. tourism, tourism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're gonna get it ruined for us. Overpriced stuff, overpriced um, places to stay, uh, places are, are, are badly maintained, uh, sanitized, or any place that 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 is decent is overpriced, mm. overpriced, and this is the. Um, what you call off season now, mm-hmm. then it picks up again in 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 November, and then we can brag about what tourism we have. <laughs> What's so see if we not soon be out of that race altogether? Mm. What so see? I hope it don't happen, but we need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. We as Caymanians need to do something about it. These people are running running us over with mm-hmm. the biggest bottle of crap that you you can hear about. Thank you, anyway, Colin. Sandy. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yes. Oh, we have another caller in the line. C- caller, you're on air. Good morning. Sorry. Wrong with me on the phone now. Hello, caller. <laughs> caller, you're live on air. Hello. Hello. All right. Uh, let's read a few more messages. Then we do have a guest who's been patiently waiting to join us for our next segment, which is going to be equally, if not even more um, shocking. But um, let me just show you all now. Um, ay, 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 what a hot mess. 
So this person says, um, Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. Yep. So people sending proof of where they say I did not resign from the position. When one resigns from a position, there should be something in writing. Can you please provide that written proof? I was employed when COVID-19 started. At that time, all the housekeeping staff were sent home and told they'd be contacted and when to return. The housekeeping manager was Patricia then, and I never received a call back from anyone at Palm Heights. Did not receive any notice until today about my employment, as I inquired to the official HR email several times with no answers. I'm seeking any compensation of any sort from Palm Heights. I'm not seeking. I'm still, I still have the uniforms and keys that I would like to return at some point. The information is from my application submitted to the Department of Tourism, and the information provided should be truthful and accurate. And in this case, it is not true. If you've terminated my employment, please state the facts. It's very important. I have the facts to help my application move forward, and I'd rather you state terminated and not resigned. Wow. So again, this is dating back um, to 2021, and they're still at it. My God. Um, here's another one that came in. Give me one quick second. And then, like I said, we got to wrap this one up because we do have a guest, um, who is patiently waiting to join us. So this one comes in from a listener, um, on WhatsApp. One second here. And, um, she says, or he, I'm not sure this person says, um, uh, morning, Sandy, the situation is deeply troubling and appalling. It's disheartening to see how we react so strongly when foreigners engage in the same behavior that our fellow Caymanians are guilty of. This pattern is evident within the government as well. <laughs> Friends and family members are often favored in hiring and promotions for influential positions, resulting in nepotism. Even in customer service roles within hospitals and other government agencies, selective treatment is given, where only certain individuals receive exceptional service or extra assistance in specific situations. This issue is not recent. It has persisted for some time. As you aptly put it, Duppy know who to frighten. Foreigners often seem to evade consequences due to our inherent tendency to believe that the grass is always greener on their side. As you mentioned, it's often, uh, as you mentioned, it often takes a Caymanian or to take matters into their own hands and resort to physical confrontation before any action is taken. Unfortunately, the foundation built on Caymanians for Caymanians has been fractured. And this behavior is noticed by foreigners who then mimic it. Moreover, there's a pressing need for increased enforcement and oversight within these companies. The process of rebuilding this foundation must commence at the highest levels. It is disheartening to witness the very same Caymanians who are elected into position of power and have the ability to enact meaningful changes in the lives of their fellow Caymanians remain inactive and indifferent seemingly washing their hands of any responsibility. Wow. Caller, good morning. Hi, good morning. I I kind of was making breakfast and getting ready for work when I heard all of this and I am um, utterly utterly disgusted but not surprised. Mm -hmm. Um um it's a crying shame because the tourism industry is and mm -hmm. was built on the backbone mm -hmm. of Caymanians. Mhm. Mm 
That's a fact. People didn't come here to see Jamaicans, Ecuadorians, Indians, Filipinos. That's not why they came here. Mm -hmm. So that's the first hand guest experience that guests are currently having. Mm. As it relates to Palm Heights specifically, I don't know if you recall, we're both in a very famous Facebook group, I won't name it, but there were comments posted during COVID and right as we were coming out, before the hotel had, um, were back in the swing of accepting death, mm -hmm. speaking to their racist behavior, particularly mm -hmm. towards Caymanian guests. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Since that hotel has changed, the, the, I should say not the physical property, but the actual operation has changed ownership. I have patron that plays once for a private event. And I don't care unless it's the second coming of Christ, I will not be going back. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the buying power. We have mm -hmm. the purchasing power. My dad always says, where dogs, where bones aren't provided, dogs aren't invited. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times does an organization have to, by word, by deed, by action, mm -hmm. have to exclude Caymanians and by extension our Caribbean counterparts. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna speak to Cayman I'm gonna speak about Caymanians because we have the right to employment in this country. Yes, the right. But it likes to say that, but we have the right to mm -hmm. be employed in this country. Mm -hmm. And we, we also, by extension, should have the largest purchasing power. That's not the case, right? Mm -hmm. But if we did what they did, we would come ahead a lot quicker. But we are so busy cutting down and tearing down each other mm -hmm. that they see us doing it, it makes it okay for them to do it. Mm -hmm. We will sit with them to tear down each other. I don't know if we're paying attention. Mm -hmm. They don't sit with us and tear mm -hmm. their friends down. Mm -hmm. They do not. They do not. I have one position when it comes to conversations that are what I like to call ticklish. Me and no foreigner having no conversation about the worst Caymanian. None. Mm -hmm. I'm not making it okay for somebody else to come and have a diatribe about people like me. And you will hear the conversation often, oh, well, but I'm Caymanian. Oh, all Caymanians are, but I'm Caymanian and I'm not like that. Oh, you're different. Well, what makes me different? What makes me different? Oh, Sandra, mm -hmm. you're different. No, I'm not talking about your kind. Mm -hmm. Well, what's my kind? Mm -hmm. What's my kind? Only to say my grandmother, my grandmother works in housekeeping, frankly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all of her life, all of sorry, all of my life, the only job she's ever had was mm -hmm. a housekeeper. Uh, my grandfather is a boat captain and quite successful. I believe both of them, might I add, um, you know, raised six children and built a, a, a business and a proper home and, and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And this is the 50s, 60s, 70s up until the early 90s. Mm -hmm. They were able to do that with what they were earning then. Mm -hmm. Yet, we are 50 years ahead, but we're worse off. Hmm. We're worse off. And the problem is, and nobody likes to say it, 
our dependence on work permit revenue or the illusion that we have created that we depend on the work permit revenue. Mm -hmm. Because the work permit revenue, in actuality, in my opinion, when I look through the fees, yes, in math, it, 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 it adds up. When you look through the fees, those lower tier positions tend to be lower tier work permit fees. So mm -hmm. all we're actually doing is overwhelming the society, overwhelming the country, overwhelming infrastructure, overwhelming the food, the the, the, the food situation with um, poverty, importing mm -hmm. cheap labor. These people, and I don't mean to be demeaning or derogatory, mm -hmm. I'm stating the absolute fact. These people that we bring in here, our minimum wage that people say is Oh, so unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that hourly wage is equivalent to what they would earn for their month mm -hmm. in their own country. Mm -hmm. Some of them are coming from countries. Mm -hmm. They live in conditions that we would not be able to die in. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that to be derogatory. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it because it's true. Talk about third world countries. That's what we are ending up with. We're not attracting the highest quality of labor. Mm -hmm. We're not attracting the highest quality of people. We're no longer attracting the higher caliber of people. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm speaking to education. We're not attracting that. We are attracting the lowest wage and the lowest incomes of earners. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what we're attracting. We are creating a welfare state. Again, because what we're doing is, well, a Caymanian can't afford to work for $6 an hour. The ones that are able to do so, they do so, and are pushed out of their work, a similar tactic, become a burden to the NAU society. In all factual, I don't believe that anybody wants to go stand in line and beg the government for a handout. I don't believe that. Caymanians are proud people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't believe that. When you're forced and back into a corner, you have no option. You have no option. People are going to do what they need to do to feed themselves and their family. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame on the government mm -hmm. for, for this situation to be going on as long as it has. For nobody to get up and just say, okay, you know, the buck stops here. The buck stops here. There will be no more work permits granted. Mm -hmm. Instead, what have we done? Instead of proper scrutiny for work permits, what, what do we do? We've turned it into an, an administrative process and we're now rubber stamping everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're rubber stamping everything. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, I mean, just pay attention. Mm. You, you took out a permit for a domestic helper two weeks ago. You brought him here. Two weeks ago, you mm -hmm. told the immigrants that you needed that person. This is more than I'm just trying to help someone because you have to look at the long-term effects of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this it, it's these minimum wage workers that are creating dilapidated housing. It's these minimum wage workers that are actually driving up the cost of living, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. They are creating more issues because well, they got to cut corners. They got to do unsavory things like mm -hmm. prostitution, like stealing. This is not me saying that Caymanians aren't engaging in that, you know. Mm -hmm. Not me saying that. Mm -hmm. Caymanians are, in some instances I know of, are engaging in it because they want to, but in other instances are engage, engaging in it because they feel like they don't have an option. Mm -hmm. These minimum wage workers are doing it because they somehow believe that living here. 
and living in less than conditions, even where they come from, mm. is better than being where they are because somehow, something, there's a part of gold that's going to erupt out of, I don't know, the middle of, of rest. They roll wherever there isn't a bridge because I'm sure we'll soon have another one going up. Somewhere on rest they roll. Mm. Somewhere in the middle, we're going to have a part of gold erupt and or oil or something and by God they have to be here to take advantage of it mm. I am so sick of people coming here and taking more than they give to this country mm-hmm. without any concern mm-hmm. for Caymanians mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we just have just like that letter said the mm. same people that we elect to look after us and to create policy and to create change that is supposed to create better for Caymanians. This is Cayman. The U.S. don't make laws in the best interest of foreigners. <laughs> but we do it here. Leave the me US there, Carla. Appreciate it. All right. You have a good day. Thank you, my dear. Um, this is undoubtedly a conversation, folks, that we will uh, continue. I mean, you know, we can't, obviously, we can't talk about Palm Heights once because their issues are so massive. Um, I don't see anything being resolved anytime soon. Uh, in the final analysis, I just want to say to the staff that you have got to stand up for yourselves. I will help where I can, folks. I will always assist where I can. But if you're not sharing your stories, if you're not providing documentary evidence to the various agencies, the regulatory agencies, as Johan says, that are supposed to be doing their job, there will be very limited, um, you know, positive outcome from this situation. They will continue business as usual. They will continue to get work permits. There's so many issues here, folks, that need to be addressed surrounding Palm Heights, but it starts with the staff. I'm glad that you guys decided to go and strike on Friday. It does begin with you. Yeah, but it can't end there. We've got to continue this fight. Aquina, she said she would be willing to stand up for um, the workers. I appreciate that. I think we all have to take a stance against this. Ebony, thank you for your comment. She said that she walked off the job a month and a half ago. She was so upset, but thinking that she was the only one I was, um, I was never pushed. I never pushed it to the labor board, even though I had people encouraging me to do so and tell my story. They aren't even set up properly. I was hired for water sports, but because the department isn't even a department in itself, they worked me between two departments. And every week, the so-called water sports manager, Gabrielle, made up new rules. Verbally, that's why I argued with her the day that I, I think, quit was how it ended. And uh, they were mad at me. I was like one of the only Caymanians working pool and beach and water sports. And they were so mad. I was sending tourists off the premise to local businesses to explore. There's a big part of our tourism that we have to share. I feel like they targeted me, especially Gabrielle. Uh, she's from Mexico and feel like she's God gifts to, to the earth. Hmm. She gets paid and doesn't even work most of the time. She's on her computer taking courses uh, and some of those same courses uh, they could have paid a Caymanian to do since clearly the woman didn't know before she got the job. Wow. Um, Ebony, it's not too late. You can still send in your complaint to the respective agencies, and I would encourage you to please do that. One final call. I'm going to ask you to make it brief because we do have a guest who's been patiently waiting in the studio, and we want to get to that guest this morning. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Yeah, morning. I have not be too. Morning. Um, yeah, this right, is yeah. this is good. This is this is good for Kema. Mm-hmm. This is very good for Kema. We've been 
I'm sure that the, the problem at that hotel not happened overnight. Exactly. And that's been going on for years. And trust me, nothing not gonna be done because you know who that you know who that who, you know who that property for. You said it, Uncle Dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. He he owns the he owns the property, but he does not own and he's not running the hotel. And those are two but very very different what, things. So you know, know. listen to what I'm telling you now. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. Tie it together. If that hotel got closed down, that not gonna have no income from that hotel, right? So it got affect him. He he pay a check. So that is the that is the same thing. That is, well, that is I am on. sure that he can it. find somebody else to run it who's actually going to do it the right way. Dart has multiple hotels, the Kimpton, the Ritz. Um, what's the other one that they bought closer to Georgetown? So he's got three of the Indigos coming on board. He has three or four different um, hotel brands and whatever. You know, I've never seen anything like what's happening at Tilly's, which isn't his brand. But without a doubt, if the Dart organization has to take control of that hotel, they'll find somebody else to rent it. That shouldn't be a problem. And yeah, hopefully they'll pay their bills. You're right. You're right, but it's gonna be a little a little setback. But not not gonna happen to that because our our government is free to free to them kind of them kind of people. I mean, that's the that's the simple truth. Mm. That's the simple truth. The people the people can only do so much. You know? Them people down there now. I, I, I hope anybody from government now go down and sit like what one of your like one of your um, the people in the comment did. If anybody there from work work and go and sit at that at that meeting or. And the government minister can go and sit at that meeting. You remember we had a union and all that too, you know. Mm. Remember, this is not the first hotel that happened when when Mr. Markfield was trying to form a union. That that was I don't know which which hotel that was the Gallium Beach or one of them hotels down in our area mm. that uh years years ago he was he was forming a, a a union. This this kind of thing would not happen a union. But you see, these companies don't want a union in there because they want mm. all the upper hand, mm -hmm. and that was seen is giving them the upper hand. So. I, I leave it right there. The people right, can do so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, 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 and protest. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks, let's take a commercial break. We're going to come back and welcome our guest, Nicole, into the studio. Uh, we're going to be talking about her experiences with domestic abuse. She's going to be sharing her story. And you guys might be surprised to know that her abuser is residing right here in the Cayman Islands, working on a work permit and living his best, most fabulous life. I am Heather Bodden, MP for Savannah and a lifelong advocate for the environment. Illegal dumping is a crime, so please take civic pride in our home and put litter where it belongs. If you see someone littering, report it to the Department of Environmental Health on 949-6696. Be a part of the solution, not the pollution. Littering is a crime punishable by a $500 fine or six months in prison. Brought to you by the Beautification Task Force and Ministry of Tourism and Ports. Cayman, what if the ability to make better national healthcare decisions was on the tip of your finger? Would you take it? Because that's exactly where it is. The Ministry of Health and Wellness needs more people to do the finger prick blood measurement for the STEPS 2023 National Health Survey. Your participation gives us data which informs decisions that shape the nation's healthcare. Help us by saying yes to Step 3. For more information, contact the STEPS team on 936-4969 or email mhwsteps at gov.ky. For 20 years, we've committed to helping the people of the Cayman Islands live longer, healthier, and happier lives. But healthcare and the expectations of patients are rapidly evolving, and so must we. 
We have made incredible clinical and technological advancements and achieved JCI accreditation, the internationally recognized gold seal of approval for patient safety and quality of care. So it's time for our image to reflect our transformation from a local hospital to a world-class healthcare authority with a new logo that symbolizes national duty and pride, a statement that reinforces our commitment to our patients every step of the way with colors as bold as our mission to provide the highest quality healthcare. Dynamic, professional, skilled, committed, caring. This is HSA. Meanwhile, at the Burger King's castle. Underling, what news? Sire, behold, the fiery jalapeno cheese. You might say it's jalapeno. Please don't, sire. It's jalapenos with spicy cream cheese sauce and American cheese. And it's jalapeno. Please, sire. Introducing the new fiery jalapeno cheese at Burger King. Plain grilled patties covered in jalapenos, spicy creamy cheese sauce, and American cheese. Available in extra long and king size for a limited time only. Grab it late at Seven Mile Beach or Red Bay. Open till midnight Thursdays and 1 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. It's jalapeno face. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Recover Personal Injury Attorneys, helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to the program. We're going to change gears a little bit here. Thank you so much for your calls and your comments. And that last caller definitely deserved um, our kaboom button. Lots of people uh, saying that they're in agreement with um, pretty much everything that she had to say. So thank you so much, caller, for your contribution. We're not going to be talking about an equally important issue in this community, which is um, domestic violence. And um, it's so interesting that, you know, we've discussed this topic on numerous occasions, just up to last week, I think it was, um, you know, how people seem to feel sometimes very, very nonchalant about domestic violence, yet it impacts so many people, uh, families, children in those families, and even beyond. What is even more shocking is when we have people here who are, you know, on, like I said, that domestic violence list, that's bad enough. But what's even worse is when we manage to import people who have been arrested um, for domestic violence and who have a history of being abusive um, towards their spouses and they get very good jobs on work permits. And, you know, we put them on a pedestal and think that they're great people until they end up on the news being drunken and sloppy all over the place. And so I want to welcome Nicole to the program this morning. Good morning, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, um, first of all, for 
coming on the program today to talk about your personal experience. We're going to get to um, your story, but I think it takes a lot of courage for people to do anyone really to step forward and do what you're doing. So what has given you the courage to come on today and share your story? Um, you know, I, I left my abuser um, the better part of four years ago mm -hmm. and in that, you know, in that time, um, you know, everyone kind of thought that I had the perfect marriage and, mm. um, you know, I had this amazing, wonderful, supportive husband that, you know, took care of me and the children, especially when I was very ill, um, mm -hmm. through difficult pregnancies and miscarriage, just all kinds of things. So, um, you know, from the outside looking in, we were a, uh, you know, a very lovely couple. Mm -hmm. um, so when I first, uh, uh, you know, left that, um, you know, I found myself in a position of now that I've had, you know, now that I've left, now that I've had the strength to leave, um, you know, you feel, you think that when you do that, that that's, that's, uh, you know, the light at the end of your tunnel. Mm -hmm. And it's not. <laughs> It is completely and totally the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. I was not at all prepared for the things that would happen when I left uh, mm -hmm. my husband. Um, I was not prepared for the way that he would behave, um, the things that he did. So um, as it's, this has gone on and on over years and I've been unable to divorce him because I've been unable to, uh, you know, first unable to find him, unable to serve him. Um, mm -hmm. the laws are really not very helpful for, uh, you know, uh, you know, victims of domestic violence or, mm -hmm. you know, narcissistic abuse, things of these sorts. So, um, so I'm kind of trapped into this marriage and mm -hmm. it, the abuse didn't stop the day that I left. It just mm -hmm. transitioned into a new sort of abuse. And, right. you know, it's something, um, it's called post separation abuse and it's the very lesser known talk uh talked about part of leaving a you know a, a you know a, an abusive spouse mm -hmm. or a partner so mm -hmm. or even any relationship so um it could be your your mother it could be siblings um you know friends whatever it may be it doesn't just have to be your partner so um you know when someone is hell bent on making sure that you are not completely free of their control. Um, it's gone on and on and on and on. And, you know, a, a, a person's strength, the only way, you know, will only go, you get you so far before you just start kind of feeling like the world's against you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, by the time these several years have gone by, people don't really understand that I'm not, really a survivor of abuse yet I'm still a victim mm -hmm. and that's because of that uh you know because yeah. of the uh you know so so that's uh really what sort of implores me to speak up more about it um mm -hmm. so but as I left him and I talked and started opening up more and more about what had gone into the marriage and the alcoholism and the abuse and mm -hmm. the various kinds and you know, I've got a dozen and a half uh, people, you know, just a Facebook friends list that is, you know, people, you know, actual friends of mine that have, you know, reached out to me 
in my inbox to to ask me questions because mm-hmm. they think that they're going through some of the same things and mm-hmm. that they didn't realize that they were being abused. Um, but they, you know, they're very unhappy and they don't know why and they're not feeling well and they're starting to have health conditions and um, unexplainable health conditions. Um, you know, I have fibromyalgia. So, you know, I was mm-hmm. basically sick the entire time I was actually with my husband. I mm-hmm. nearly died five times during the course of when I was married to him. Mm-hmm. So um, never almost died beforehand. And uh, in mm-hmm. four years since then, uh, still no, no uh, near death experiences again for me. So, um, you know, I know that there's a correlation between the abuse and, you know, what it does to your health. Um, right. Wow. Health, there's what it does to your mental health as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the real doozy. So, yeah. so while I am now a, um, you know, mm. I'm not in, uh, I'm not in danger of, you know, getting my butt kicked on a, dr- on a drunken Friday night, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. safe from, you know, that randomness. And, um, you know, I'm safe from the, um, you know, trying to have to control and dissipate the situations and always feel like I, you know, have to con- keep control of him. So, um, but now I deal with different types of abuse and it's primarily emotional and financial abuse. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Well, let's, let's get into the details um, a little bit of what you experienced. Um, first of all, tell us when, when you met your husband and how long were you guys married for? Um, well, I'm still married to him. You're still married. Um, yes. Yes. We uh, <laughs> can't get the divorce yet. We met at uh, very uh, beginning of 2012. Um, yes. Uh, in a hot minute. Uh, I was in, in my mid 30s. So I was 33 and um, he was 39. Um, so, you know, we're not young <laughs> yeah. children anymore rushing into things but um i did you know we did have an unplanned pregnancy so that really sort of rushed things along um so we got married uh later that year uh, well in just at the end of july so mm. it was very quick um i was obviously very full of pregnancy hormones and i uh, kind of I kind of have to attribute that to part of, you know, any doubts that I might've been having leading up to it. I know that I dismissed them because there was always, you know, there were, of course it was logical that I would be, you know, feeling a certain way or things like that. So um, I married him. Um, he was charming and interesting and he was shy. And, um, you know, I, I knew that, you know, Europeans drink, <laughs> um, they kind of make a, fun little hobby out of being alcoholics. Um, so, uh, you know, I, yeah, you know, I knew that he drank daily, but I didn't realize the extent of it. So when I got, when he even came to me, I didn't even know that he was an alcoholic. I just Mm. knew that, you know, he'd have a beer or two in the evening after work, no big deal. Um, and then it progressed. So like the first time that I really felt so like, uh, you know, the, the narcissistic abuse cycle, you know, there's a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. and, you know, the first stage, which is where they hook you is the de- idealization. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of don't realize it's happening, um, mm-hmm. but they're, 
they're putting you on a pedestal and they're emulating you and, um, you know, they're making you feel so wonderful and special. And like, there's, you know, this is your soulmate because they just seem to get you. Uh, (laughs) And then the next stage is, uh, you know, where they begin to devalue you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in hindsight, I realized that that started to happen even in the time before that I married him. Uh, but I started feeling very uncomfortable around the time it was uh, our honeymoon. Um, I had some really sad moments where I felt like something just didn't feel right. Um, you know, we were supposed to be on our honeymoon <laughs> and uh, it just was basically just traveling around the u.s with me pregnant in the summer heat while he drank in different cities uh new orleans Mm -hmm. tennessee even as Uh, as your honeymoon there were um red flags yes there were red flags so um but again i was pregnant and hormonal and i was not having an easy pregnancy to begin with so i attributed my emotions to, you know, being pregnant. I've never been, you know, this, mm-hmm. you know, pregnant before. And um, I, uh, you know, so I didn't really know what to expect. And of course, I'm a bit of an older mother too. So I felt like it might be, you know, hitting me a little harder than what I might have expected to be. So, um, you know, you, you write things off in little ways along the way. Um, but I noticed on our honeymoon that he was, uh, I didn't know he had been drinking all afternoon because uh, I had taken a nap in a cabin in Tennessee in the middle of nowhere. And he had drank all afternoon. And when it was, I woke up, it was time to go to dinner. And we, um, I noticed that he was, driving very erratically. And then I realized that he was drunk. Mm. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, what, why, why would he drive with his mm-hmm. pregnant wife in the car if mm. he's been drinking? And I'm like, well, maybe it didn't hit him until, you know, he got up and got in the, you know, I mean, like, I'm just you're making all these excuses. Yes, you understand. do, because I'm a newlywed and I'm pregnant and like it or yeah. not, whether red flags or not, I'm having a child with this man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you just try to make the, you know, lemons out of lemonade every step of the way. And then, you know, one day you realize that, you know, <laughs> you're a lemonade dis- distribution center. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and then, you know, the, so the devaluation and then they come back mm-hmm. in and they make it up and they make you feel better. And it's, you know, the mm-hmm. equivalent of being addicted to a drug because they, you get all the happy brain chemicals when they treat you lovely. And then you f- go to cortisol flooding when, uh, you know, they treat you like crap and stress you out and it's a vicious cycle. And it is the same chemically in your brain as being addicted to heroin. So basically you're essentially addicted to this abuse cycle. Mm. Um, So, you know, really in in that stage of it, the hardest part is to break free of that abuse cycle. Um, You know, can I, can I ask you about the first time it became physical? What, what happened and Uh, what did you do? The first time it got truly physical, um, we lived in Texas um, and he had gotten very intoxicated at home and um, 
I don't know. I have no idea what started it, but there was some sort of, you know, disagreement between the two of us. I suspect he probably just started an argument because he wanted to go get more beer. Mm -hmm. Um, So he wanted an excuse to leave without Mm -hmm. me knowing what he was doing. So um, I realized he was intoxicated and I tried to stop him from drinking and Mm -hmm. he just plowed through me like I wasn't there. He picked me up and slammed me face first into the floor. (laughs) I broke a tooth. I was terribly bruised. Um, I had dislocated ribs and bruised ribs and things of that sort. So now, again, I'm able to write that off as an isolated incident because he's never hurt me before, like physically, Mm -hmm. like that, that, that Mm -hmm. was crazy, you know, and, you know, he's full of adrenaline and rage and here, you know, I tried to literally get in the way of a, you know, 190 pounds of drunk stupid and, you know, I'm 135 pounds of, you know, and he's a foot taller than me. So I had no idea that he could, you know, <laughs> would, would just do that. So it was very shocking. I talked to my family. My parents knew about it. I called his family and told them about it. Um, so I didn't hesitate. I like, I'm like, oh, no, no, this is, you crossed the line now. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get to put your hands on me. And I called my daddy and I called my brother. <laughs> I called his dad. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just and like, I'm going to tell the whole world on you. Yeah. But, were his family him. members, um, were they surprised when you told them? Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little hard to tell. Um, mm-hmm. So because the first time I reached out to their parents earlier in the marriage, um, when my son was, uh, my youngest son was one year old. So he's eight and a half now. Um, his parents were visiting from Europe and I had uh, reached out to his family prior to Mm -hmm. them coming. And during the time they were there, Mm -hmm. um, his mother doesn't speak English. So there's, you know, limited contact there. Uh, But I reached out to his dad and, you know, I, I begged him to help me um, because he was a drunk and he was emotionally abusing me. He was having inappropriate conversations with other women from his past. He's lying to me. Um, and, you know, there was a whole terrible story that goes along with that trip. But uh, I ended up leaving the home for a few days with my children uh, because the way his family was behaving while I was there, it just left. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm in the middle of West Texas, and I don't know what to do. So I was at a mm-hmm. hotel for a few days, um, wow. just trying to process what had happened. And uh, so then I talked to Rob, and I went back home and uh, that evening. And, um, you know, it was peculiar to me when I got there. Everything in our house that belonged to me or the children had been shoved into the nursery and the door had been closed. Hmm. I had only been gone a couple of days. Wow. Rob now, we're looking me, at Rob a picture. Me, you know, he told me his mom did it. <laughs> we're looking at a photo here of your face, Nicole. Um, that yes. looks like you've, you're bruised um, with a black and, and uh, blue eye and face hair. Yeah, that was where the tooth broke. And then, of course, where my face hit the floor there. When you say your tooth was broken, I saw this picture and I was trying to figure out what this is. This is your actual tooth? Yes. Oh, my God. So it had to come out. It didn't come out right away. Um, It was broken. And then a little cap was put on it. And then, of course, Rob 
no, I, I, you know, we couldn't afford to go to the dentist to get it fixed. So after I left him, it ended up being a situation where I had to like really have it out because it was getting infected and becoming a problem. Oh my God. So, so, so th this is you, I mean, you look like a totally different person now for the better, I must add, <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, but my gosh, you, you look so thin and frail here in addition to um, the bruises and stuff. Yes. Uh, yes. So, well, you know, and that was one of the things that really um, was that abuse cycle for me. So uh, I was heavier when we got married and mm -hmm. when he met me and that was not a problem. And then after we were married and, uh, you know, he wanted to start rejecting me in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. He first, it was because I was pregnant and it made him uncomfortable. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking in my head, like grow up, mm -hmm. but you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, out there, see, mm -hmm. pregnant blushing bride there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, no, I forgot where I was. Um, yeah, you were saying, oh, how so yeah, so after yeah. you know, after I had the baby, and there's you know, really uh, very little intimacy, uh, you know, I started asking questions, and then he explained to me that it was because I was too fat. Mm. Um, now I'd had a weight problem, uh, you know, a much worse weight problem when I was younger that I'd gotten, you know under control for the most part when he even met me, but I was still, you know, fuller figured. Um, so after I had both of the children, um, I'm not really sure how I had, uh, I almost died giving birth to both of our kids. So, but after I had the boys, um, by the time my baby was 18 months, I had slimmed down another 70 pounds to about mm -hmm. 130. Um, within 18 months after my, my son being born and I was 38 years old. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, um, and then he told me that I was too skinny and that I needed to gain uh -huh. weight back. He had me have plastic surgery. I had, this was the night before I had plastic surgery right here um, mm -hmm. to have surgery. I was having a lower body lift and then upper uh, work done for like skin removal wow. type stuff. And so oh we paid God. for the, the surgery uh, for the lower half. And then uh, there was trouble during the surgery. Um, and it was only able to be half done. And so it's been left at that point because he wouldn't mm -hmm. pay for me to go in and do to, to fix it because I had chosen to do the bottom half instead of the top half first because he wanted me to get, uh, you know, a breast lift and breast implants that was going to make me even bustier than I already was. And I refused. <laughs> so, so he's um, controlling, um, including your weight, you're too fat, you're too skinny. You need a, a cosmetic surgery done. He told me my parents didn't like me because I was a fat, ugly American girl oh and I didn't God. meet up to their beauty standards. And, um, you know, I don't know that they ever said any of that stuff, but there was a, you know, that's mm -hmm. how he got his flying monkeys going in there. So, um, but I have to tell you, you the first time with this man, I I'm sorry, you have three children or two children. I have two children with this man. Children. Um, when okay. I met him, he had a child, uh, that was about six or seven years old with, mm -hmm. um, from a previous relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, he was not married to her. However, she was married when the child was conceived and born. So therefore he had a different legal father. 
Um, the mother lost custody. It was a terrible thing. And then uh, when I was halfway through my pregnancy with my second son, um, we got a phone call that uh, Ethan's, uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say his name, um, that his, uh, that the boy's uh, legal father and caretaker had passed away. Um, he had full custody of the boy because the mother had lost custody of him on more than mm -hmm. one occasion, all on her own. So his wish was that, um, you know, the biological father and his new wife raise the raise, you know, raise his son. So we had him for about two and a half years. It was an ever living nightmare. He wouldn't raise his son. It was up to me. And then, uh, you know, it just, I'll skip over the, the, I could go on for an hour with that story. So it was just really, really ridiculous. And I kind of don't really want to really relive the difficulties mm -hmm. of a child, uh, you know, custody battle and, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that go along with that. Right. So um, your husband abusive. Um, you've sent us tons of photos. We see you here um, as a bride at happier times. Um you know, looks like at that point he was kind of treating you good. And we go from there to outright abuse. He's hitting you, um, you know, basically almost knocking your tooth out to the point where you actually have to have the tooth removed. Um, yes. Bruising you, battering you up. Um, and we have pictures of him as well. Tell us what's going on in these photographs of, of him that we're looking at here. Um. Well, this is the last time he had been arrested in North Carolina. Um, right. By this point, it was this was a week before uh, a week or so before I left him. Mm -hmm. um, he had at this point, I was recovering from a really terrible illness and we haven't really talked about that. So uh, so I was very mm -hmm. frail um, and recovering. I had to, had to learn to walk and talk again and, you know, all sorts of things. So uh, this is about six and a half months after I'd come home from the hospital. Uh, he neglected me from the time I came home and because I wouldn't let him drink at home anymore mm -hmm. because I, you know, didn't want to get beat up <laughs> or the children to be subjected to what he's like when he's drunk or anything like that. So mm -hmm. he would go leave work in the middle of the day and go drink from about two or three o'clock and then come home, uh, you know, at dinner time. Um, usually late um, and then want to know where dinner was after I'd already fed the children hours ago um, and get angry with me because I didn't have dinner for him. I'm like, well, it's in the fridge. You know how to work the microwave, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, um, mm. you know, my priority was taking care of the children, not him. Um, I had warned him at this point not to, um, to go out and drink and socialize in the community that he lived and worked in because we worked, lived in a very rural community uh -huh. at the university, you know, the university there. So there's really like two bars and, you know, a couple, uh, maybe one or two restaurants, you know, there's, uh -huh. this is really it. And I'm like, you can't do this. He, you know, I was like, you can't be seen in public doing that, but he was doing it anyways. And, um, I know there was again another woman by this point where there was some inappropriate relations going on. Mm -hmm. At least, um, yeah, anyways, I <laughs> that that's sort of really irrelevant whether there was other women involved. Um, the point is, is that it was betrayals, and they were you know blamed on me. It was my fault. <laughs> 
mm. um, for, you know, refusing to let him talk to, <laughs> you know, the woman that was trying to destroy our lives <laughs> behind right. my back. We're in custody battle and he's getting drunk and talking to her in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, you'll notice the theme here. It's drinking. Um, yeah, he's a narcissist. He's an abusive narcissist. But when he's not drinking, he's really not terrible. Um, mm-hmm. He's incredibly intelligent. I mean, you say that, Nicole, but we do have some some exchange, some message exchange between you mm-hmm. guys. I don't know if he was drinking or drunk when he wrote those. Well, I, I think was, there's a part of him that he's just he's he is a narcissist. He is abusive. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, and I mean, I guess the the alcohol maybe gives him an excuse to be his worst possible person. Now, he yeah. has been arrested uh, multiple times as well. Uh, people yes. might start to figure out a little bit of, of who he is now um, looking at the name. And we're going to talk about where he works uh, here in the Cayman Islands here in just a second. But this is an arrest record of him. Back in 2019, uh, this would have been which abuse occasion at the very beginning, towards the end? Uh, this didn't that? involve me at all. He had gotten, oh, in, a, he got, he had gotten in a bar fight, and oh. um, uh, uh, his, what his explanation was to me, what happened was that there was a uh, a black gentleman who kept kind of getting in his face and bothering mm-hmm. him, and um, you know he's drunk by this point and getting annoyed. Um, with mm. him and in Dutch, he kind of just said to, you know, told him to go away, you know, black person, which is the, which is the way you would say it in the Netherlands. It's not really, at least that's what he told me. <laughs> um, so so the, I'm like, okay, term, well, I was like, you know, racist is racist, no matter what language it comes out right. of your mouth. So the term so that no, used, so no wonder and... you promptly got your face stomped in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the term that he used in the Dutch language is the equivalent of the N-word, basically. And so yes. um but he maintains that it is not offensive in the Netherlands. Right. I'm sure because they have no black is, people there that would tell him it's offensive. <laughs> Probably. You know, he hasn't really lived there since he was in his early twenties. So yeah. um, um Wow. You know, but this that you know, the fact is is he is a narcissist um, yeah. and there's nothing that we can do about that. He's an abusive narcissist. Um, however, that abuse comes, uh, you know, it's Jekyll and Hyde with alcohol. So he's really much more tolerable and more agreeable when he is sober. And I don't mean like on a, you know, sober today or say sober at this moment as in, you know, sober for periods of time. He just cannot maintain it. And he's still the father of my children. I still need a divorce from him. I need him to pay child support. Here, here's another arrest record. Is this in relation to you at this time? Uh, this was uh, Mother's Day, uh, 2018. We had gone out to... Um, in Raleigh, there was very big to have the uh, breweries um, where they had the music and the food trucks and all that kind of stuff. And it would start mm-hmm. earlier in the day and was family friendly. And then as they would move into the evening, obviously, you know, people with their children needed to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we were doing, you know, we were at one of those things in the in the city and um, 
you know, it was getting late, the children were sleepy. Um, and I had, you know, just simply said, I was like, it's, you know, it's time to go. The babies are tired. It's already past their bedtime. Uh-huh. So I began to gather their things and I took them out to the car and, you know, put him in the car and, and sent him off to go pay the tab. Um, again, I didn't realize the level of drunk that he was, uh, but I was still driving. I knew I was driving. And uh, so I'm sitting in the car waiting and he paid the tab, got another beer and then had carried it out to the car in a glass. And uh, the manager of the establishment saw him do this, came to the window and was like, hey, man, you can't do that. And, you know, really kind of gave him a little scolding for it, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, not to come back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just in the car and like, and I got babies in the back seat, <laughs> and he's drunk. So I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay here and keep my mouth shut and, you know, drive us home. It was like 20 miles to get home. Mm-hmm. And he, as I was about to get on the freeway, he just started screaming at me, just mm-hmm. next to me, screaming into my face. And, telling me how I had ruined his night and uh, he was having fun. And, um, you know, I I don't know exactly what was going on, but he was being very vile and he had never spoken to me that way in front of the children, especially with such anger in his voice. And Mm -hmm. I pulled the car over promptly and I said, you're not going to talk to me that way. I said, you get out of the car. Mm -hmm. And um, so he got out of the car. And, you know, we stood there for a minute and I said, now you can get back in the car. I said, if you get in this car and keep your hands and your mouth to yourself, like, I don't want to hear you. Just mm-hmm. sit down, shut up. You go to bed when you get home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he proceeded to spew some nastiness. So I left him there. <laughs> huh. um, but I did kind of circle back around after about a half an hour and I went looking for him right where he had gone in. And he was actually hiding from me on purpose. Um, but mm-hmm. he was hiding in the woods and it's North Carolina and a little bit of a rural area where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was worried that he was going to end up on someone's private property and get shot in the dark or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or mugged. <laughs> and uh, so after a couple of hours, um, he wasn't responding to anything. So I called the police to ask for help. And I explained that, you know, um, you know, he was having um, you know, some mental health issues and, you know, that, that he needed to be handled, you know, delicately because, mm-hmm. you know, if you come in with force, he's absolutely going to freak out on you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so do, do you think at this point you're still making excuses for him? Because, um, I mean, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because after that happened, it took five officers to subdue him and they did arrest yeah. him for resisting And, and here, here's one of the, um, the photos of officers, is this his actual, I don't think this is his mugshot, but you can see an officer has this, his hand this around was his the, the photo that they got of him in booking because he would not cooperate. So they actually had to use force against him. Yeah. So the, you notice that, yes, there took five officers to wrestle him to the ground at the scene. Wow. And he was on a school property. So uh, he didn't know where he was, but he was on school property. And so, um, mm. you know, this is at 546 in the morning. Um, they had arrested him at 11 or 12 o'clock. So at a quarter to 6 a.m., he was still that combative that he wouldn't even let his mugshot. So then when you see the orange, the one in the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the orange jumpsuit, that was his official mugshot from that arrest. Um, 
But you know, the thing was, is I was so upset with him that day, um, obviously, because we had just leveled up a whole new level. Um, and I knew that I had to protect his career. And mm -hmm. um, so I hired an attorney. <laughs> and, you know, I got him out of trouble for it. But the thing was, as I said, I was really angry about it at first. And then once I got him home the next day and, uh, you know, he was up in the shower and I, you know, I picked up the bag that it had his clothes in it and I was going to wash them and stuff. And this photo was stapled to his bag. And when I saw that photo, I didn't know that man, you know what I mean? Like this photo broke my ever loving heart. And I sh you know, I should have kept that anger, but here's this is a man who needs help mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean this isn't a man that needs to be arrested and beaten up by police officers and then through the the court system this is a man who needs alcohol treatment he needs mm -hmm. mental health treatment to deal with the issues that he has if he can get sober he's not a terrible guy he was mm -hmm. a very loving father i you know there's plenty of beautiful photos of him with his children they adored him. He was very mm -hmm. loving and attentive, even especially as babies. They were premature. Uh, I was very attentive to them, but mm -hmm. very neglectful of me. Hmm. So, um, you know. It, it sounds like despite everything, you know, this is someone that obviously you cared about. Um, well, or, you know, I have yeah. children with him. Yeah. Um, you know, I just assume never see him again in my life, but that's not realistic and maybe I don't have to ever see him, but I do still have to deal with him for at least another yeah. decade. And here's where this gets really, uh, where it switched into, you know, advocating for a different issue. Mm -hmm. um, was fortunate enough not to have alcoholic parents, but I did have, a, you know, an abusive mother. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those were things that I did not deal with my childhood abuse. I did not deal with until after I left him um, and came back home to Ohio and realized that, uh, you know, the reason why I had tolerated so much is because I had been conditioned as a child to tolerate abuse, mm. um, you know, disguised as love. Um, so that's a whole other issue. But mm -hmm. in my life, I've had a number of alcoholics that were extremely close to me. Um, I have a friend of 25 years that has been, is a recovered alcoholic, cocaine and heroin addict for mm -hmm. 27, better part of 30, you know, something like that. I mean, it's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he lives in Kentucky and, um, you know, he's, he's really, we've been friends for a very long time and I didn't know him when he was an addict or, you know, was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So I only know the, you know, the, the hairs that evolved that out of, out, out of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've been great friends and he's shown me, he's very inspirational to show me how, that how people can really overcome their demons. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the other hand, um, again, in my early 20s, I, you know, made friends with um, someone when I was in college and um, he turned out to be, you know, a brother from another mother and we related and, uh, you know, we just, he was my best friend and, and we had 
so much fun in our youth and we all you know he came into my group of friends and we grew up together and everybody went to college and married and did their things and uh so on and so forth um you know and my friend had a doctorate in psychology and was a renowned professional in his field in florida mm-hmm. and he passed away at 39 years old mm. from liver failure and we always knew that he had a drinking problem, but you know, the thing is, is no one really did anything about it because what are you supposed to do about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, he knew he had a drinking problem. We knew we had, so it was just sort mm-hmm. of a, you know, a thing that just kind of became, well, this is what it is. So, um, so there was that, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that just happened four years ago and mm-hmm. <sighs> that was just, just, just crushed my heart. Um, to lose my best friend that way. And the thing is, is I lost him when I was starting to go, when I was dealing with all of this stuff and mm-hmm. that he would have been the most perfect person to hold my hand through a lot of things. And, and, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm doing it without him and I hope he's proud of me, but, um, or at least that he would be proud of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I lost my best friend when we were, you know, he's just way too young for, to alcoholism mm-hmm. and it's a shame. Um, You know, before that, I have a cousin that I have been close with my entire life. Um, And when I was pregnant with my son 11 years ago, um, he was an addict and had trouble. It started with alcoholism, Uh, you know, and then it just spread on to drugs. So when I was pregnant with Max, I got a phone call one day that my cousin Ken had passed away alone in a VA hospital in California with no one at his side um from cirrhosis and he was 40. Mm -hmm. so and he was a narcissist like in Mm -hmm. hindsight you know i've talked to his ex-wife you know he was he was terrible to her and you know the thing and he was not a good father and all those things but narcissists are these people that were not born they were made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we should feel sorry for them because they are aware that they are shitheads. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't know how to fix it or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is very, very complicated. Um, but they are in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, many of our leaders are narcissists. Some of our most powerful and successful people in business and politics are all narcissists. I don't skip politics because that's just, eh. (laughs) we don't know what's going on around here. But anyways, is, you know, it's a fact of life that they're in our lives and that we have to deal with them. And, um, you know, I would just, I want him to get sober. I want his employers to stop disregarding Mm -hmm that he has a problem and invest in him. So let's talk about who, yeah, let's talk about who he is. I think a lot of people in the comment section have already put it together. Yes. Uh, People will remember that we did a story just last month, I believe it was July, mid-July, about this drunken driver in a parking lot who um, hit a car, him and his girlfriend, Penny, uh, got belligerent and, um, you know, ended up essentially... Um, you know, causing all this havoc, hit the man's car, left the scene of the accident. And here he is. And he was later identified as um, a Dr. Robertus Hilliard. 
who's a pharmaceutical um, instructor at St. Matthew's. Um, you know, I'll show a better picture of him when he's sober. It looks like we've got more pictures of him not being sober than when he is sober, but here he is uh, causing havoc on this island, going into establishments, walking out, not paying his bill, uh, acting the total fool, getting in, in fights and stuff here as well, uh, grabbing the credit card machine out of the manager's hand at, um, I forget the name of the restaurant there now, and I think it's Crack, crack Hunk. You know, I could almost tell you how that interaction went. Uh, he was probably asked to pay his tab and leave and mm -hmm. presented with a credit card machine and he wasn't ready to go. And I would uh, nothing. He thinks it's enraging when people, uh, you know, bring you a check before you're you've asked for it. Yeah, that's uh, I think it had something to do with with him not wanting to pay the bill, in fact. Um, but, um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I've never seen him do that. So, yeah. um, well, maybe, maybe penny is expensive to maintain. Oh, no doubt. Um, <laughs> he does like women that, uh, need a lot of, uh, hair and makeup and, and boobs and the dress and the, uh, he likes that. Um, so I don't, we have I don't know why. Do you have some time on, on the show, um, <laughs> Nicole? Oh, so yes. let's fast forward a little bit here. And I want to talk about um, the divorce and um, also some of the message exchanges here. So we see February of this year, he said to you, Nicole, I've been thinking about you wanting alimony for one year. I ask you to drop this request. I've been generous to work with you and agreed to pay the full child support amount, which is based on you reporting no income. Paying around $2,250 a month is a huge chunk from my paycheck, which I can't afford. So this is the two of you in talks and negotiations trying to settle some aspects of your previous union so that you can hopefully get a divorce and move on from this guy. And he's telling you that he's not going to pay the year of alimony. And then he goes on to continue to threaten me that if I don't drop the alimony, then he's just going to stop paying at all. Mm -hmm. So now he didn't pay anything for over two years. And right. then all of a sudden he popped up with this random amount of $900 ish that mm -hmm. he was going to start sending. Um, and then he decided to, after a while, once it got used to that, um, you know, being able to count on that, then he would just pull that support whenever he wanted. Mm. And that's what he's been doing the majority of this year is he just pays one month, doesn't pay another month, um, knowing that I'm dependent on it to get the rent paid. So mm. I've been through numerous <laughs> evictions. <laughs> yeah, um, I noticed you know. what he said in this one about, you know, how you're, you're putting pressure on him to pay to um, all this money. He says, I cook my meals during the week and focus on my work, do my oil painting. I think he meant to say, ride my bicycle, but he says, write my bicycle, listen to my music after work. Penny is still my girlfriend, even though she's older. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I spend the weekends with her. I promise I will financially support you. I'm not in a hurry to divorce you. Are you? Why wouldn't he want a divorce? I mean, he's here in the Cayman Islands living his best life with Penny. So why not get a divorce? That doesn't even make any sense. Why would he not be in a hurry to divorce you anyway? He's in a full-fledged um, relationship with Penny. I hope Penny's paying attention because he's probably telling Penny something uh, very different. Penny is being abused as well. I'm not, I'm not saying he's beating her, but like the narcissistic abuse is yeah. there. And I could tell it, tell by the way she responded 
when she got out of the car during the altercation. She's trying to hide him. She's yeah. trying to she's trying to dissipate the situation because she mm. knows. She knows wow. what's in store if she can't get the situation to de-escalate immediately and yeah. get him out of there. And wow. that's and and I see it and I feel terrible for her. Mm. But you know, at the same time, shame on you, Penny, because you are out every weekend spending my children's money. Yeah. The money that they need to live for school right. supplies. Well, he's trying to make it. I, I chuckled when he's trying to make it sound like, oh, he's staying home eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when he's going to Macabuca and other places um, yes. running up a bar tab. And liquor in Cayman is not cheap. So, you know, if he's doing that every weekend with his drunken self, um, apparently Penny is also married, but I guess this is a Christian community where none of that matters. Um, he goes on to ask about your health in typical narcissistic fashion. About last month, you sent a cryptic message about metabolic acidosis and anion gap. Uh, what was anion that all about? Um, well, in Are 2019, I, I got sick and uh, yes, where, I, where I got really, really sick. And um, so it's been, I'm still recovering from that. Yeah. Um, when you, once you're, when your whole body dies and you're on full organ system life support, no brain yeah. activity. I, I love how he analyzes you. I mean, this is so typical yeah. um, of a narcissist where he talks about, um, oh, you know, you take in stuff for PTSD <laughs> caused by him, no doubt. Um, are you anemic? <laughs> he says, I've always known you were a woman who was very hyperactive in your mind, very anxious, overanalyzing. So now he's mentally diagnosing you. Very difficult for an introvert, hard to express my emotions type of guy a mild form of autism. So who has a mild form of autism, you or him? Who's he trying to say? Um, he has a mild form of autism. Um, he had, he did not know. Um, our son has it and he was did not diagnosed at three years old. And um, at that time, Rob was 43. And that's when he got his diagnosis. And okay, so now he's saying that you might have a mild form of autism as well? No, he's talking about it's hard for him to understand oh. someone who is like me, uh, which he has ADHD. I have ADHD. I just have inattentive ADHD, which is exactly the truth where all my hyperactivity is internal in my mind, whereas mm -hmm. someone who explains it outwardly is, you know, bouncing off the walls and always has to be busy. So, uh, you know, there's neurodivergence everywhere. But when we, you know, turned out to have an autistic child, um, you know, that's when you start looking at backgrounds and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. There's a lot of autism on his side of the family too. So, um, you know, he got that diagnosis and it was very, he was comforted by it mm -hmm. um, because he said, you know, it feels like, uh, you know, all of a sudden so many things in his life made sense and that I can relate to uh, because I didn't know I had ADHD until four months ago and mm -hmm. I'm 45. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, once I, I, I found that diagnosis and, you know, you wrap that into the PTSD stuff, like, you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's hard to figure out what's what. But, you know, as soon as I got that diagnosis, I was like, oh, OK. So yeah. now so let me, let me just life makes sense. and say to radio <laughs> listeners that we're going to continue um, the conversation for a little bit longer in social media. Um, with uh, Nicole here, but of course the radio will be ending. It'll automatically shut off here in just a second. Okay. So, um, you know, radio listeners can always switch over to the social media stream. We're on Facebook and YouTube. We've got um, almost 400 people 
between those two who are listening to Nicole's story. And we're going to get a little bit, um, Nicole, into the whole divorce situation because I found this um, to be quite interesting um, as well. So let's talk about this. Apparently he tried to divorce you without you knowing anything about it? No. Um, I left him when, when I first left him, I was like, this is right before the pandemic started, but within a couple of months I filed for, uh, I hired an attorney in North Carolina and I said, I want to divorce him as soon as possible. And, you know, each state has a little bit of different laws, but that's where we had been living, um, you know, for some few years at that time. So, um, that attorney, um, in Fuqua Marina, uh, North Carolina. She really just spent all of my money trying to figure out how to serve him when we didn't know where he was because he had abandoned our home. Hmm. Um, he had gone to Alabama, but I didn't have the address where he was. And the address I did have, he wasn't at. And it was a whole thing. So I couldn't serve him. Um, and then, I'm, so, you know, I'm in Ohio and then I put in an application with legal aid, uh, to help me with this. And after over a year, um, of him, and, and by now we know where he is. We know that he's in the Caymans cause I didn't know where he was for the better part of two years to even know where oh, wow. to, to serve him. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of disappeared and he did it on purpose, um, mm. so that he couldn't be served with anything. And, um, I forgot where I was at. Oh, so uh, so after all of that time with legal aid, the best advice that they came up with me was uh, just stay married to him. And I'm like, that's ludicrous. And they were like, well, it's up to you, uh, you know, Mm. whatever it was. And I'm like, I just need time to think about this. I was like, that just doesn't even make sense. I'm like, how is that the best that we can do? I'm like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. So uh, unacceptable. And then they closed my case out. So when I asked for um, two years ago, I asked for passports for my children. I had an opportunity to take my children to Dubai for the summer um, random thing that, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity and I needed their passports, which meant he needed to sign for them. He refused. I had to go through his father because he wouldn't talk to me. And then they ultimately told me that Rob said no because his uh, he didn't think that it was responsible of me to take my children out of the country and out of school. And I was like, it's summertime. Mm. And who are you to tell me what is and isn't responsible for me to do with my children? Mm. <laughs> you abandoned them. I'm taking care of them. So you don't get a vote. But anyway, he refused to do that. And then later on, he told me that the real reason he said no was because he was afraid that I was just going to bring them to the Netherlands and drop them off and tell them that they he had to take care of them from now on. And he, quote, could not afford them because it is so expensive for expats to send their school kids to school. Mm. Something in, the, in the Netherlands. No, in Cayman because he's in Cayman. Oh, Cayman here. Right yes. Yeah. Okay. So he would not give me their passports because he was afraid that I was going to like literally force him to be responsible for the children oh, physically, wow. um, which no, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But anyways, he admitted that that's the reason why he crapped all over this incredible experience for all of us is because of his own selfish concerns. Um, but 
yeah, so there was that. And so in his response to that, me asking for their passports was to send me those divorce papers from the Caymans mm -hmm. uh, to try and divorce me from there. Now, we didn't get married there. We didn't meet there. Our children weren't born there. Um, and we've never lived there together. So um, there was um, Cherry Bridges on the island there. I spoke with her and she was a tremendous help to me. And she helped me get the whole thing shut down um, because he can't, he wasn't even eligible for domicile. <laughs> so, and of course, the, he just wanted to force something through where it had exactly what he wanted, which was zero mm -hmm. responsibility and an actual divorce. <laughs> uh -huh. So we, we see um, some of the legal documents here of him trying to file a petition. This is back in 2022, just last year, yes. um, where he claims he talks about the fact that he married in Toledo um, and Ohio and that you lived and cohabited together in North Carolina. He claims that the court has jurisdiction because he was domiciled in the Cayman Islands for more than a year. Um, and then he talks about that you've the relationship has irretrievably broken down. He goes on to talks about the fact that you have unreasonable behavior because what you may not know in the Cayman Islands is you have to, you have to, we don't have a no fault system, so you have to show fault by uh the party. So essentially, I'm just trying to see if we can increase this a little bit for people to see. But um, essentially, he was trying to say that these were the reasons why we um, were forcing you. Yes. Uh, so. Um, Cease yeah, communicating. Um, not husband and wife, not being in a relationship. Marriage is broken down irretrievably. There's no prospect of reconciliation. He says that there are two children of the marriage. Um, the petitioner this is what was the shocking part of that for me. <laughs> yeah, no matrimonial assets to be divided, of course, because he left you broken with two kids. Um, he says that there's no other proceedings in respect of the said marriage pending before the courts of the Cayman Isles or in any other jurisdiction. But weren't the two of you trying to come to terms with child support and so on? Not at this point. Oh, okay. He was, just, he was just refusing to pay anything. His logic was that clearly they were still alive after all this time on their own with me. So he might, so clearly I don't need him. We don't need him hmm. for his money. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> Wow. That's really, really not true. <laughs> yeah. So um Cayman Family Law served these or did this petition for him. And yes, he was seeking, seeking no visitation or contact with the children in that document yeah. and and seeking no alimony or paying no alimony or maintenance spousal maintenance or whatever, and one dollar per month in child support for both children. What? Yeah, it's in there. You said yeah, I've got there's yeah, it's there. So he wanted to pay a nominal fee basically to support his own children of a dollar a month. Yes. Wow. This guy sounds like he is a real piece of work. So after I shut this whole 
crap down. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you, Sherry Bridges, very, very much. I don't know how to thank her enough for that. Mm -hmm. um, it was extremely stressful. <laughs> um, so once that happened, I got him to agree to a mediation instead of for disillusionment. And so no, no attorneys, no judge, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, you go through a mediator, uh, we come to an agreement, uh, judge signs off, you know, as long as everything looks reasonable and, and it's done. And mm -hmm. so we went through all the way that through that process, which took a really long time for us to get there. And we went through the mediation. And as soon as he heard the, um, you know, the child support amount and the alimony amount, he pretty much fired the mediator and started messaging me directly to threaten me. So, um, and that's where some of those, you know, screenshots I sent um, mm -hmm. yesterday, um, you know, where, where, where that's where he's just <laughs> threatening me and gaslighting me and all of that sort of stuff. And that's that, uh, you know, post-separation abuse stuff, tactics that are uh, that are killing me. Um, you know, I just want a divorce. I want a fair mm -hmm. divorce. Like, I really wanted a normal divorce where, you know, we would live in the same place and that he could see his kids on the weekends and, you know, do something normal. And, um, you know, it just didn't go that way. As soon as I, you know, gave up on the marriage, he was like, well, I don't have to take care of the kids and I don't have to take care of you because you left me. Mm -hmm. And um you know that's been very much his logic and that's a narcissist logic but um you know still here so you know i, I had to wrestle a lot with whether or not to even come on and, and talk mm -hmm. about this stuff because you know all along i've been protecting his career and not documenting the, the you know the abuse that i've gone over over the last you know 11 years um because I was trying to protect him. And why am I trying to protect him? Because I have two children and because of Rob completely derailing my, uh, you know, my, my plans for continuing my education and, and, and everything that I had there, he, he, he derailed it. So my income potential is earning, earning potential is, is crap. Mm. Uh, I've been out of the workforce for a very long time because I was a stay at home mother and the reason why I was a stay-at-home mother was not because I ever planned on it. It was because I got sick when I was pregnant with the first child, and I remained sick until the day I left and beyond. Wow. So, I want to talk a little bit about your sickness, but I also want to read some comments that are coming in. People are listening. Sure, sure. Story. Um, this person says, oh, that drunken fool um, who is Penny's side piece, works at the medical school. Penny is also married, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, this person says either. that this man is crazy. Nicole looks so beautiful in that picture with her family. And um, any man who beats on women like this needs to be beaten himself. My mother told me stories of my father beating her when I was a baby. Uh, they're not together anymore. But any man who put their hand on my mother, including my father, I would beat him within an inch of his life. He's engaging in something called gaslighting. Um, so he's a narcissist who has obviously mastered that. Um, and this other person has basically said that they feel like you're still displaying a hundred percent victimology. It's sad how she wanted or wants to protect him and his career. You've just explained that in part, that's because, you know, yeah, I, I'll be honest. Uh, there was a, a hurricane this last 
earlier this year that was Hurricane Nicole <laughs> that came to the Caribbean and and I heard it and I was like I had to look at the news and see what the trajectory was. I was like, is it going to get hit the hit the Cayman Islands? I was like, because it would just be like the most beautiful karma if he just gets blown right off the island by Hurricane Nicole. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I don't, there is no love loss, um, mm -hmm. but there is the fact that I'm going to be connected to him no matter what for a while. Right. And I want the abuse to stop. I want some, uh, I, I, we are entitled to some stability. We are entitled, mm -hmm. you know, every month, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay the rent or not. That's an incredible toll, mm -hmm. stress that it takes on a, you know, a single mother, you know, um, you know, he left me with no car, no money. Um, you know, he set fire to half of the stuff in our house when I went back to get it. Mm. Um, and it wasn't that he what that he set fire to stuff. It was what he set fire to. And that mm. was everything that belonged to the children. Mm. Not my and, stuff. And, and there stuff. was, um, yeah, there was one point when he said something about, um, uh, um, I think he was trying to make reference to CMR, but I couldn't quite pick it up, but he's making some comment about oh. thanking you for taking stuff off of social media about him. Um, and then he doesn't want some local mag gossip paper or something to get a hold of uh, it. Yes. That happened. Uh, I want to say it was March when he stopped paying child support or uh -huh. stopped paying the amount that he was paying. Oh, um, okay. So it's supposed to be a higher amount, but again, he just pays whatever he decided was the right amount that he thought. Mm -hmm. And I never argued with it because I don't want to rock the boat. Um, but at least it's something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so that comment came after he stopped, he threatened to stop paying um, support. Mm -hmm. And then he did. <laughs> and uh, when that happened, um, I hadn't heard from him and hadn't heard from him. He wasn't responding to me. Couldn't get him to answer the phone, emails, text messages, nothing. So at that point, I called the university and I tried to report to the Cayman Royal Canadian, uh, Cayman, whatever, the police, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I needed some sort of like welfare check because I didn't, you know, knowing that the kind of trouble he gets in, you know, I don't know if he's dead or alive, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I don't know if he's in prison for running somebody over when he was drunk mm -hmm. or sober because he can't drive whether he's drunk or sober, but it's just drunk is worse. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I really was concerned, but at the same time, like I knew it was a game. So I needed to show him that I'm not going to tolerate that. So I contacted his employer and a report tried to report him to the police. And I put a few things on social media on the St. Matthew's website because I'm like, hey, if you're not going to pay attention to me privately, then I'm going to start screaming publicly. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, he agreed that he would no longer, uh, do, you know, with the financial abuse, as long as I agreed to fix the situation with the, the university and uh, retract my, the email that I sent and, um, you know, whatever. So basically it was agreed. I will not contact anyone except for you. I was like, and you will stop the silent treatment and continue with the payments. We agreed upon that. And then he just decided to stop paying money again. So I was like. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's here. He's testing me. So I was like, yeah. 
yeah. So then he had his, his uh, attorney email me, my attorney at this point, because we do have attorneys, um, trying to scold me for um, trying to disparage him publicly. Mm. And the only thing I could do was send back the clips of your show and mm. all of that footage. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, who's disparaging who? I was like, like he has a reputation at this he point. He tells a bunch of lies and nobody does anything. I said, but yeah. I tell the truth and everyone gets hostile. Mm. So he says here, thank you for removing everything from social media and for sending an email to Larissa Green. Who's Larissa Green? She's the human resources person at, uh, at St. St. Matthews. Matthews. Okay. Yes. I have forwarded it to my boss telling him you also plan to clean up the loose ends. Let's hope this is, this is no nut out. I don't know what that, let's hope there's no nut out there. Right. That publishes something negative about SMU and a faculty member in a local gossip newspaper. Are you a gossip newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> well, we speak the truth. You can call it gossip or you can call it whatever you want, but it is um, the truth. Well, I am a so, teller of truth. So, yes. um, so I guess know, that's the truth what is the truth, of. whether anybody likes it or not. Exactly. So. So he says, Nicole, I'm very proud of you. You raised the boys by yourself in this in these stressful situations. You deserve a lot of credits, he says. I regret that it had to come to all of this. You are the only role model they have. At least he admits something. Um, you need to be strong, healthy, and without stress to raise them. Deep inside, I'm very sad not to be the proper father for them. Trust me, I swallow these feelings and hide them inside. I am sure they have learned how to live without their biological father and don't miss me anymore. What a sad thing to say. I will always love them. I miss Nick to sit on my, uh, I think that's supposed to be lap, when I paint or snuggle with me in bed. As I said, I try not to think about these moments. There's also the reason why I find it so difficult to talk to them. I have to do a better job of communicating with them. Please give me another chance and FaceTiming with them. Ask them if they're up to it. Wow. And then he goes on to talk about how his children don't deserve to live in poverty, but this is the same man who wants to pay you a dollar in child support. What they live in property and he knows it and um, he does it on purpose. But this is the stuff that he says that makes me, you know, to, he'll say to me to make me feel better. Yeah. Flattery, and then and then it, nothing changes. So that's the same MO, you know, uh, last year for Christmas, he told me instead of going to visit his parents in the Netherlands, uh, his plane ticket was really like $1,400 and he thought that that was too expensive and, mm -hmm. and that the, the money would be better spent on giving it to me for the children. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, Rob, I said, before you just send me $1,400, honestly, I'd rather you buy the plane ticket and come to the U.S., and see your children. Mm -hmm. I would like give them some closure or something. Mm -hmm. Cause I've always tried to foster that relationship. I didn't want him to just disappear out of their lives. That's mm -hmm. damaging. Um, my youngest boy has terrible PTSD and anxiety. And he used to be just a little love bug snuggled with his daddy all the time. And then all one day his daddy was gone and now he won't let anybody touch him. Mm -mm. including me like i so, only wow. only with only with special permission am i allowed to snuggle him wow um he claims that he's not living an expensive lifestyle here um i do still live by myself in an apartment 
that cost him $2,200. I mean, he could probably find something a little bit cheaper. I know Keyman's expensive, but uh, there are other options. I told him to get a second job, and um, he thought that was the most appalling thing that I had ever heard, or he had ever heard. But he thinks it's okay for me to work yeah. myself to death. So you reached out to St. Matthews. What has their response been to all of this? They've ignored me. Oh, wow. Um, this, this is where I've, I've, I've struggled is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, earlier in the marriage, I reached out to Rob's parents and I said, please help me. He's an alcoholic and I need help. He's hurting us and it's going to, you know, this is, you have to help. And my father-in-law um, took me into my bedroom and he held my hand in his hands and he told me that I was ridiculous because I would not allow him to have a beer at the end of the day or a beer with his father when he comes to visit or, uh, you know, what our beer at a restaurant with dinner, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, I said, it is a problem when he's hurting me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, he's betraying me. I was like, it is a problem. Uh -huh. And my father-in-law, um, told me that I was just a housewife and that I needed to learn my place, told mm. me to basically sit down and shut up. Mm. Um, it was a couple more days until they were leaving. I kept myself quiet for those two days. And after they left, I told Rob, I said, they will never come. They will never see me again. They will never see my children again. Cause they had really disrespected me. And, you know, when they were in my home, um, it was um, another mess, but, um, so I begged his parents for help and, and, and I was disregarded. I'm yeah, sorry. It sounds like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree as we say here. Right. So, yeah. You know, this is where I said, narcissists aren't born. They're made. Yeah. And, you know, his dad took a sensitive, weird little boy and, mistreated him to the point where he had two roads to go. The road of the empath who is sympathetic to everyone or the narcissist path. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was abused as a child too. I didn't take the narcissist mm -hmm. path. I'm an empath. I want to make everybody's everything better. <laughs> um, and I can't even make my own crap better. Um, like I've done everything that I can do, but you know, I need the law to help me now. And you know, they're just, it, it doesn't, it's not helping. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, oh, but I'm sorry. I reached out to his yeah. employer at Campbell as well in North Carolina after that, that second arrest. And I tried to reach out to them and say, listen, I need help. You guys told me when I got here, if that, I was part of your, you know, university family here and that we're all a family. And if I need anything, just reach out for help. And I reached out for help. And I was told that uh, by the dean that they don't take meetings with spouses. Mm. And then the next day they fired him. Mm. I was trying to ask for help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was trying to ask for help and they fired him. And, you know, the next you know, I, it, it was insane. So now it's, you know, I turned on the internet the other, you know, a few weeks ago and, and there he was doing the same thing that he always does with a different woman. And I'm sure it was somehow all her fault, if you ask mm -hmm. him, because um, it's always 
Well, let, let's let's see if we can contact the dean of um of St. Matthew's. Let's give him a call. Okay. And see if he's willing to um say anything really. Okay. Yes, hi. Um is this uh the dean of St. Matthew's? Yes, speaking. Yes, hi. Um this is Sandra Hill. We're calling in relation to Dr. Robertus Hilgers, I believe is his name. I'm sorry that I cannot really comment on that, uh, Sandra. Mm -hmm. If you can excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to, I, I, I suppose we don't really expect you to comment, but perhaps you might want to watch today's program because his wife is on the program today um, talking about his history of alcoholism, abusive behavior, his multiple arrests in the U.S. We've got multiple mugshots. You know, he's gone around calling people the N-word, getting in bar fights and so on. You know, pictures of her bruised and beaten face. So uh, refusing to pay child support, offering her a dollar, trying to fraudulently obtain a divorce from her, um, all of this stuff. Perhaps you might want to, you know, she said she's reached out to you guys and you've effectively ignored her. So maybe it's time that you listened. Sir, I'm on the line. I would love to. As I said, I'm sorry, Sandra. I, I got to go. Uh, I have. I cannot really comment on that. Mm -hmm. Sir, would you, would you listen for one just oh, yeah, one moment for me to say one thing? Yeah, his wife would like to speak with you if you listen. I, I'm sorry. You know, I, we don't talk to. Um, well, you we you don't, don't have talk to talk. To, She's just asking you. I'm not listen. asking you to talk to me. I'm just asking I'm you sorry, to listen you know, to. I'm really sorry seconds. about that. Uh, uh -huh. I I can't really you know. Uh, I have to go. I have, you know, that I have a lot of. Sir, uh, I'm not here to destroy him. We Sir, have I'm here to try to help. So you're, so you're, too, you're okay. too busy to just listen for a couple minutes to the truth, is what you're telling me at St. Matthew's. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't because I have to attend to the, you know, exam thing, which is a priority to us. I'm really right. sorry, Sandra. Okay? Your, your exams are Thank priority you. over everything else can, can i can i also say to you um as the dean i don't know if you were the dean there when um that young lady got sexually assaulted and you guys had your sorry again uh, sandra sandra i I'm, I'm sorry i as i said that i you should know that the exam is a priority for the university yeah, and there is an exam going people? on what i have to go what about the people at your I'm university sorry. you don't care about the students who are sexually assaulted and then you tell your staff not to help the police. Like you don't care about hiring an abusive employee who has a history of beating women and not wanting to support his children. Like your exams are more important than any human beings. That's what I'm hearing you say. And I just want to be clear as to what you're telling me. Dean, you can see how this comes across a particular way, right? Hello. Uh, I'm sorry. I am. I'm hanging up. Okay. Bye. Wow. Um, excuse me. Wow. Please. I, sorry. I think people need to. That's know very disappointing. Out and probably uh, yeah. not support that university either. But thank you anyway for answering the call. Very very sad. This could have been over uh, three minutes ago if you would have listened. Human beings at St. Matthew. That's Doctor Armitabha Bazu. Doctor Bazu there at um, St. Matthew's University, uh, basically saying it's his exams that are the most important thing right now. And he 
can't even listen. I, I can understand why he might not be able to say anything. But the fact that he can't listen to me is shocking. Well, I, you know, I can say what I want to say and maybe it reaches him and maybe it doesn't. But, um, you know, I'm not here to destroy him. I'm not mm -hmm. here to get him fired. I'm not here to get him deported. I'm here to ask his employer to help him. Mm -hmm. Here in the United States, if you have a problem with substance abuse or alcoholism or something like that is if you go to your employer and you say, listen, I have a problem. There are policies set in place that have to preserve your job while you go through the proper channels with your employer to go through the therapy, whatever their policy is that you need to go to rehab and, you know, you need to go to meetings and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you retain your job. And, you know, I don't know I don't know what this is, if there is anything like that there, but, you know, essentially, I don't want them to get rid of him. He is a, a wonderful teacher. He teaches a subject that is very complicated, very hard to mm -hmm. um, hard to teach, hard to find professors that can teach it effectively. Um, you know, he has a brilliant mind. And if he would get off the booze, he'd still be a narcissist, but he probably won't be an abusive, selfish, you know, because he drinks to drink away that conscience. Mm -hmm. If you take that away, he's going to have to sit and deal with who he really is. And that's mm -hmm. what he's not capable of doing. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's a mental health issue. He needs mental health treatment. He needs to get sober. He needs to commit to it. He has mm -hmm. lost a job. If you look at his LinkedIn uh, profile, mm -hmm. every job he's had has lasted two to three years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's because it only takes two to three years for him to burn out at one place. And, and then he's got to move on and move on and move on because he can't keep his functioning alcoholic facade mm -hmm. together, you know, for that long. Wow. So, and I have um, to wonder what sort of reference and background checks these people are actually doing that they are actually even hiring him, to be honest. I mean, I have, you know, when, you know, Rob got the job and he first started talking to me about the job, um, which was over a year after he started working there. He was telling mm -hmm. me how happy he was and, and how lucky he was and mm -hmm. that, um, you know, he had gone an entire year looking for a job after the last situation. He couldn't find a job in the U.S. and that I was right because he had a record now in the U.S. for, you know, alcohol abuse and violence that, you know, no university is going to have him. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and let me be very clear the times that he was arrested for abusing you you've actually never pressed any charges against him he's never actually been arrested for abusing me so i called the police on mother's day because i needed help making sure he didn't end up dead um and he made the situation worse there was another situation i think a month later than that where he was home driving drunk um, he broke my phone in half because he was angry about some things and drug me around the house by my neck and everything else. And he was mm -hmm. just absolutely enraged. And then he wanted the keys so that he could go wherever he wanted to go. And mm -hmm. um, this time he didn't have his keys yet. So rather than try to stop him from leaving, I just took the keys on the wallet mm -hmm. and I hid them. And uh, so he didn't have any money and he didn't have his keys. I'm not going to just let him go drive drunk, you know, and nor do I want to call the police and say, my husband just left drunk. Please go arrest him. 
<laughs> you know, I just want him, you know, I want him and everyone safe. And uh, so there was that situation. But he called the police on me to tell them that I took his stuff and wouldn't return it. So a police officer showed up. Rob explained the situation. He reeked of gin. And I could see the officer rolling his eyes. <laughs> and he says, so he goes, have you been drinking, sir? And he's like, no. And he's like, sir, I can smell the gin all over you. And, mm -hmm. and then it got flipped around and um, said, um, you know, technically it was illegal for me to take his belongings and, mm -hmm. um, and that I, I, you know, I needed to return them. And I went, oh, mm -hmm. Well, if he's allowed to lie, so am I. I have no idea where his keys and his wallet are. Huh. <laughs> I said, I said, I just told him that to mess with him, sir. <laughs> and um, he almost got in a fight with the uh, uh, um, you know the person that he's that the, the officer that he's speaking with because he challenged him. And so I had to assert myself in between the two of them because Rob was ready to start fighting with a police officer because mm -hmm. I would not give my, him his keys to mm -hmm. drive drunk. <laughs> and it, you see how absurd that sounds. Um, you know, and I remember the police officer looking at me that night and he said, are you okay, ma'am? And I just, you know, I'm all alone with this man and his children and everything else. So mm -hmm. I just looked at him and I said, I don't have a choice but to be okay, man. And, you know, and then he's listening to a little bit more and he looks at me and he mm -hmm. says, why, why are you two even married? And at this point, I'm really annoyed. And I was like, please just mind your own business before you make it worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, he's like, but are you okay? And I'm like, I have to be. I don't have a choice. If I'm not okay, my children have nowhere to go. So unless you plan on removing him from my home. <laughs> Mm. You know, I was like, the police are not near, you know, they, they want to be helpful. Uh, but, you know, it's really difficult when your abuser is standing right there. Mm. So, wow. and even if they weren't standing right there, you know, you know, there's consequences later if you uh, displease them or mishandle something to their liking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, anyways. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's shocking. And, um, Unbelievable at the same time, um, you know, what he's been able to get away with. Nicole, I want to well, personally thank getting you. Away with it. I would like his employer to hold him accountable for sobriety. Yeah, I mean, in his uh, obviously. Interest, it's in my children's best interest, which is yeah. in my best interest. It's in the university's mm -hmm. best interest because then they get to keep somebody that really right. is a good professor. He's, you know, narcissism aside, he's a good professor. He's an asset to them. Mm -hmm. Sober. But he can't run around the island and make a fool. He's going to hurt somebody. I don't want to tell my babies that their father is now in prison mm -hmm. for killing someone or that, um, you know, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I don't want him kicked off the island with nowhere to go. That happens, really. So, so looking at his LinkedIn, I can see that he was at Tech, Texas Tech University for three years and two months. Yes. He says he was a regional manager at DMT USA for 10 months only. Yes, um, that's, where we, that's when we met. At the University of Texas at Tyler Health Sciences for seven months. So you're right about him not being able to stay any place for long. He was assistant professor at Campbell University two years and six months. And now he's been at St. Matthews University for two years and eight months. 
and now he's all over your island wreaking havoc yeah with a different woman and with a different set of problems yeah not being held accountable uh you know um, the same the same problem so yeah, yeah you know i i i don't i don't you know it's one of those things i would be really easy for me to hate him and and where would. where did that uh, for his arrest <laughs> records um where did the one take place in the, the bar fight and stuff like that? So I'm wondering how he was able to get a clean police record to even come to the Cayman Islands because that's a requirement. Uh, he doesn't have a clean police record. He has a record in North Carolina for trespassing, drunk and disorderly, and mm -hmm. uh, assault. Wow. So uh, I don't know if they were misdemeanors or not, but that's yeah. what was the result of that baller fight. All of that stuff happened in court at, after I had gone. So I, um, you know, I wasn't privy to those details other than what I can read on the internet. Mm -hmm. Well, it certainly um, does beg a few questions in terms of um, how he was able to even get here. Um, uh, know. You know, he told me he was lucky to have that job and that quite literally they were the only ones that would have him. Right. What's, those what's, his, what's his those are his name? words to emphasize how important his job was. That I do. You have a middle name for for Robert? Uh, Robertus Hubertus Patronella Pilgers. Okay, just trying to find him online to see if we can uh, figure out. Maybe he's using a different name or something to kind of hide himself. Well, see, here's the thing: in the U.S., rest records court records, mm -hmm. all that stuff. There is no general database. It's by mm -hmm. state, by county. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to look something up by the, the, by the state and then narrow it down to the county to find the actual record for something. Mm -hmm. But if someone is just doing, you know, other than whatever is listed on a basic background check, mm -hmm. which I don't know if it's not there, maybe you can pay to have it removed. I know he's paid to have things removed from the internet, um, you know, redacted and, um, it's, yeah, I'm not really sure. So uh, yeah. but that, that's why, you know, what what does a background check look like in the Caymans versus what it looks like in the U.S.? Is it the same report? Are we pulling I mean, the same data? Yeah, like, we the, don't know. Obviously, the U.S. being a lot bigger, it's probably easier to, to It's a lot of easier. It's, you can have arrest warrants in 47 states in yeah, 130 different counties. I mean, yeah. and, and people don't know where, I mean, unless these are heinous crimes, mm -hmm. no one's going after you for that. Yeah. It's the, the only time you're getting arrested for those things is when you get a randomly pulled over by the police, which is why mm -hmm. you see people running because right. they're like, oh crap, I'm definitely going to jail. Yeah. So <laughs> he is, um, he's an American citizen, I take it, at this point. Uh, no, he oh. attained his, uh, permanent residency, buyer marriage, so this green card. And then after the three years, he was eligible for citizenship. He took the test when we got to North Carolina. Uh, mm -hmm. He took it like, I don't know, 11 days too, too soon or something like that. And with mm -hmm. the um, with immigration, they have absolutely zero get, uh, wiggle room for even the tiniest mistake. So he went and took the test, paid the fee, at least that's mm -hmm. what he told me. Um, for all I know, he went to D.C. with a woman. <laughs> but um, passed mm -hmm. the test and then got a letter saying, um, which I think I did see the letter, so it was probably true. But, um, uh, you know, saying that it wasn't, uh, he wasn't eligible yet and that he would have to 
repay the fee, resubmit the application to take the test and retake mm-hmm. the test. So it was like $500. And so from what I gather, he never got around to doing that. So um, he told me that he is no longer, um, that he lost his green card because he has not been in the U.S. in two years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's technically true because he is very much legally married to a U.S. citizen. <laughs> Hmm. So I, I, you know, I don't know what the immigration laws are on it. I don't know what he's mm-hmm. telling me the truth, but you know, I've got two children to keep up with rather than look up mm-hmm. yet another international law that is confusing. That doesn't make any sense. And no one knows how to execute. Hmm. Okay. All right, Nicole. Um, we appreciate your story. My goodness. Um, Thank you for having me. Wish you um, the best of luck with this. I'm not really sure how this is going to all pan out. Yeah, no, I don't know what the result is here. Um, You know, his cooperation is key. Just Mm -hmm. please, please cooperate with me. I want to be divorced. Uh, (laughs) This this can't keep being a central thing in my life if I'm going to move on with my children. So, um, you know, if he would just cooperate, this could be over really quickly. Even if we go to court, it would still be over a lot quickly if he would just cooperate. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I am. And um, I'm just kind of stuck being married to him because I can't go to, uh, you know, there's like I asked, I was like, how many times, how much time has to go by? How many attempts do I have to make before mm-hmm. I can bypass this and go to a judge and say, listen, I've been trying to do this for four years and mm-hmm. I'm on my sixth attorney. And, you know, at what point can we just say, uh, well, we, he's not going to cooperate. So give mm-hmm. her the divorce. That won't happen. Mm-hmm. So the service thing is key. So it also mm-hmm. cost about $2,500 to have someone served internationally in the Caymans from the U S mm-hmm. If there's anybody out there that would uh, like to serve Dr. Hanelbers <laughs> with some papers, I'm sure I could, uh, if you're certified, <laughs> I'm sure mm-hmm. I could get my attorney to give you a call. But uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't know what to do except reach out to the people of the Caymans and, you know, maybe social pressure. You know, I'm not telling you to throw rotten food at them in the streets or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know establishments, restaurants, bars, liquor stores, you can all refuse in service. Mm. You know, um, I know it's, it sounds ridiculous to try and force somebody to be sober, but we can make it a lot harder for him to be a drunk. Hmm. <laughs> um, but the more, you know, the, the more sobriety he has, mm. the, the better off he's going to be for himself, for everybody, because he's a narcissist and he exists in the world and he had a family and still has a family and we have to live with it. So, mm. So I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be an evil, shit, bitter, jaded, woman scorned or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, I still want to see him eat, just not at my table. You know, right? Um, you know, the problem is, is that he doesn't seem to want to see us eat at his table or anybody's table. <laughs> so sad, Nicole. Thank you so much. Um, it's important that we hear uh, from victims and that you're able to share your story because I think surely there's someone who's listening this morning that you may have saved from another drunken narcissist, another abusive relationship. 
Um, people, I think the bottom line is if you see the signs early, at the, even at the honeymoon, um, try to get out as quickly as you yes, can. The, the sooner, the sooner you get out, the better. Um, yeah. There. Uh, do you have the TikTok video that I sent you? That was something that so perfectly spoke to me when I was yes. trying to yes. come Let to grips actually, with. Um, I was trying to come to grips with. Yes. What this phase is that I'm in, where it feels still feels like I'm being oppressed and abused, but yet yeah. I'm, you know, I, everybody technically I'm free, but I'm not. You know, it's yes. so here, here, there's play, a I'll lot of there's, there's for... a lot of uh, influencers out there that are yeah. there's tons of materials about narcissists, but there's very little material about what happens after you leave mm. the narcissist. Um, mm. And so when I saw you know that this particular that particular TikTok video, it just sort of rang true for me, and I you know just that you know. 30 seconds that, that it is long um, will really help people understand what the uh, the people in your life that have left an abusive partner mm-hmm. are still going through, especially if they have children with that partner. Yeah. So, so let's play I, the video um, yes. as we wrap up and we end the show for sure. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank really you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This myth that single moms can just leave their abuser. Single moms don't leave their abusers. Single moms have to escape their abusers. It took my mother over two decades to get away. Stop minimizing the complicated, difficult, and prolonged process of escaping. Saying you're leaving is the easy part, and getting out is only the beginning. Having a place to go, having the money to get the place, finding a job, setting up daycare, trying to get all the bills back into your name when usually he's fucked up your credit. Post-secondary abuse is real. Women being stalked and abused and threatened and accused of things by their abuser exists. Don't tell women how easy it is to leave if you've never been in an abusive relationship. And even if you have, you haven't been in her abusive relationship. It is so much more complex than most people can even comprehend. The just leave comes from the never been through it people. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 